self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am not a ride or die chick i'll snitch on you also known as calamity red you sounding real Takashi Six Nine ish right now. Uh, well, I'm all I'm saying is don't do nothing illegal in front of me. <laughs> Look, we are uh, conversation con artists back for uh, a wonderful episode with a special guest. Yes, uh, it is me. It is the treat, the West Coast meat, Colin. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> You already okay. know what it is, Red. Meat positivity. I'm sick of meat positivity. Y'all don't need meat positivity. Who don't need meat positivity? No one does. Yeah, if, if if ladies get to have hot girl summer, then we get to have meat positivity. I was against hot girl summer, first of all. That was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the excuse for hoes to do ho shit that was already going to be doing ho shit. But I'm not going to get into that rant again. Oh, look, you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red score, Red underscore Calamity. Also, we're still doing a listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, and send it to us that way. Uh, so the the incident or not incident the situation I had that I was waiting to talk about when Colin got here is can y'all hear the dogs? Just a yes. little bit, but that's oh okay. my god, it's okay they, though. They they were awake. They they must be awake. They were sleeping. Um, so I got on Bumble. After, you know, deciding I wasn't going to do the online thing. That was my first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on Bumble and I met this guy. And it was like this. This is what I be trying to tell, make people understand about how quickly things can, like, turn around for me. So I met him, um, talked to him through the app. We exchanged phone numbers. And the very first phone call that we had... Um, now I have on my, I have on my um, profile, it's, you know what, it's actually kind of fitting that the dogs are barking. <laughs> I have on my profile that I have dogs, okay? So when he called me, I was actually uh, leaving Petco because I need, one of my dogs needed something, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, yeah, I'm just headed home, leaving Petco. And he was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, do you not like dogs? And he's like, I mean, I don't really mind, you know, as long as you're not one of those weird pet people. And I was like, well, what constitutes the weird pet person? And um, he was like, you know, the ones that have the bumper stickers that are like adopt, don't shop or, you know, stuff like that. And I'm thinking, I mean, I feel like you should adopt and not shop. <laughs> so does that make me a weird pet person? So. Then he was like, he went on, um, I was like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would consider myself to be a weird pet person. And he was like, well, I, he went on a date with a girl and they went somewhere where dogs were allowed. And so she was like, while they were there, she didn't bring her dog. She had dogs, but she didn't bring her dogs with her, but she saw cute dogs. And she was like, oh, look at the dog. I do that when I'm out. And so all of these things just make me feel like this is a nigga that don't like dogs. But fine, whatever. 
Now, that was my first thing where I was like, eh, because I have dogs. But, you know, talk to On Point. On Point was like, he didn't say he wants to choke dogs out. So, it should... so I was like, okay. All right. You know what? Okay, that's fine. So he also, during that conversation, was like, so what are you about to do? I was like, oh, I'm going to go home and, you know, make something for myself to eat, feed the dogs, you know, regular. And he's like, oh, what are you making? And I told him what I was making. And he was like, oh, well, maybe I could um, come over for dinner. And I was like, I don't know you. What are you talking about? Like, why would I have you come <laughs> to my house? Why would you even want to come over to my house and you don't know me? You've never met me in person. I may not even look like what the pictures are. Like, what? I was like, no, I don't really let people I don't know come to my house. He seemed a little bit taken aback by that, but he said it was okay. And I was just like, whatever. So I get off the phone with him. And was that the night he started sending me stuff on... um? What was it? I still have it in my phone. Wait a minute. He was asking me, like, count this question. He said that he was taking a class. Okay. So I was like, okay. Um, but let's see. Where is it? The the questions that he was asking was kind of weird. <laughs> he was like, oh, did, do I think that depression has an impact on somebody's um sexuality or their their want for sex. And I was like, what? <laughs> so at first I was kind of like, I don't understand why you're asking me this. Then he finally explained that he was taking a class. And I was like, so you had to write a paper on depression? He was like, yeah. I was like, why would you choose sex and depression when you could have written out anything in depression? <laughs> and he went all around the world to finally get to the fact that it was a class on human sexuality. It just was stupid. The whole thing was, I was like, okay, whatever. So Go to sleep, get up the next day. He calls me on my way to work. I'm not really like a talker because I'm not a morning person as it is. Oh, did it cut out? Yeah, it cut out for a second. Oh. You said you're not really a talker. I'm not a morning person. I don't want to talk in the morning. So I, I was already kind of like, why the fuck is he calling me? We both are on our way to work. Now, he worked in the medical field. Um, and so he calls me up, you know, I'm t I pick up the phone because I know I have to be a little bit more open than what I normally am. So I was like, let me not, let me not, let me just answer the phone. So I answered the phone, talking to him. And um, he was like, yeah, I was just talking to my sister and she told me that she thinks that I need to get some therapy. And I was like, oh, uh, why, why do your sister think you need therapy? And he was like, well, because, you know, I've just kind of been through a lot. And I was like, okay, like what? <laughs> So that's when he goes on to say that he has been both fired and written up at multiple jobs because women have made allegations about him doing things, inappropriate things. He said it was mostly white women. And so now he says that he has um, anxiety when it comes to working with women because he's afraid that somebody's going to accuse him of doing something inappropriate. Now, mm -hmm. At some point, you're the common denominator. Like, one job, maybe they fucking with you. Maybe. But, like, multiple jobs, you keep getting these allegations. <sighs> and, mm -hmm. like, one of the things that I've learned is whenever I tell people that I'm a therapist, this is what happens. <laughs> like, they tell me way more shit than I need to know. And it's like, I'm not your therapist, motherfucker. Why would you tell me this? Don't tell me this. I don't need to know this about you. So after he told me all of that, I was just kind of like, um, 
I mean, you know, you say multiple jobs. I mean, he was like, yeah, you know, they'll they'll accuse me of, you know, doing something inappropriate. And I was like, inappropriate? Like what? And he was like, you know, making passes at them, saying sexual stuff. Somebody um, said I did something to a kid when they were in the operating room. I was like, a kid? <laughs> it just... Oh. <laughs> So at this point, I'm out. <laughs> I'm fully out. I'm out. It's too much. And so I guess my question is, <laughs> am I being excessive in, in being like, nope, I'm done. It's too much. You got too much going on. No, nope. You did the right thing. <laughs> That's an easy answer. <laughs> Listen, there's... There are a lot of things that, you know, you might be able to say, oh, you know, you, you know, maybe you want to give them a chance. Because I got a lot of, a couple of friends and myself included, you know, we're out here in this dating circuit trying to, trying to do something, trying to find somebody. Just to, just trying to find somebody that just wants to, like, eat pizza together on a regular basis. It's like, it's like trying to get Congress to pass a new law. You know what it's I mean? It's ridiculous. So, No. So, sir, you don't, I, you don't need, you don't need to be anywhere near anybody. <laughs> People are accusing you of doing stuff to kids in an operating room. What? What? Like, he what didn't elaborate. Doing? If you're not performing surgery or applying the the anesthetic, or you know, the, the, you're not the nurse anesthetist, or why are you in the operating room at all? Number one. So. Um, and then number two, what are you doing that would cause you to get fired from a job to people in operating rooms, particularly children? Oh, so that sounds like a do not pass go, do not collect $200, go straight to jail situation to me. But that, you know, Rent was See, telling me about it. Yeah, because the old boy had a different. <laughs> Listen, I ain't saying that what you did was wrong. I'm I'm questioning the nature of how you can have all these offenses and not be on a sexual registry and still be able to get hired because people call your references. So to me, I'm thinking that these are more like personal issues with parents and families that got privilege who say, hey, that guy didn't do did something I didn't like, you know, versus the way that he framed to make it sound like he put his finger in a kid booty. <laughs> Like, well, no, if that's how he like, communicated what? it, like, oh, he's, I in there, see, or he's I, in there touching meats or something. I don't know. There was if, only one incident with a kid. The rest of it, he said, was with his with female co-workers saying that he was being inappropriate with them. Now, at one job, yeah, I get it. But, like, multiple, if you get fired from multiple places, different staff, different higher-ups, and, and shit still happening, it's you. It is you. <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. He is not smart enough to be with you red okay he's just <laughs> not smart enough because a smart person would not leave a blanket i did some things and said some things in a kid <laughs> to anybody if you're going to tell this to the world it needs to be with an explicit communication about what the things they're saying he did was and if he don't believe they were wrong allow you to be the judge so you can say what well, that's it but when you just say, man, they said I did some inappropriate stuff. I mean, I don't know if he said, because Patrice O'Neill had a stand-up. He said they should have one day a year where you could just sexual harass. He said, 
he want to go to work one day and just be able to tell one of his coworkers, hey, uh, that's some uh, nice titty meat you got sitting right there. You know? <laughs> like, it ain't, it's definitely no reason. He said, what we do at work is we sit there and we see the titty meat and we not supposed, he like, if a bear, it's like a bear working with salmon all day. <laughs> you know? And and the, the you know, they'll fuck with salmon heavy, but you know that they can't say nothing to the salmon, they can't touch the salmon. You know, he says one day a year. You know what I'm saying? And then he said, uh, how about you uh let me know when you go to the bathroom so I can sniff your chair? <laughs> oh, That's that weird Patrice O'Neill shit. He's real weird on that shit. But uh yeah. but you like you shouldn't leave the blanket of what a person could think you did in the fucking air. About the situation, he's not. If he ain't smart enough to know that, he ain't smart enough to deal with somebody like Red. Period. No, no. I mean, it. You know, <laughs> I will say this is the, like I've had when I say I'm a therapist. For some reason, when you tell people that, it makes them feel so much more comfortable to just like tell you shit. And it's like I'm not your therapist i'm a therapist but not yours like i'm we're trying to date so like maybe you should keep some of this childhood shit to yourself not don't tell me um this is definitely the worst though disclosure somebody has made to me after finding out that i was a therapist like i just feel like i need to stop saying that shit like i need to just make up some i don't some other some other employment some other career choice and then like after I've talked to them a while, but like, hey, you know what? I got a confession. I'm actually a therapist, but people tend to be weird when I tell them that. So that's why I didn't mention Tell them it. you're a temporary intervention specialist. They won't ask no questions. <laughs> so a smart person would. Like, what does that mean? Well, if they're a smart person and they ask you about it, then they could probably handle the fact that you are a therapist <laughs> and then not make it weird. So. Probably. But yeah, I mean, um, I get because I mean, stupid nigga be like, you must just work at the bank <laughs> and don't even ask like, no <laughs> tell his mom, I made this girl to work at the bank. In intervention, you mean like that TV show? That's what they probably say. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah. But I get it though, part of it, because like I mean, I know I had a coworker before who had some nice and really really nice cheeks, and I mean, I was looking. I mean, you know, but that's all I was doing was looking. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna get, you know lose my job or get run out of my job because I'm probably doing what this dude is doing, which is touching people, which actually brings up, <laughs> reminds me of a story that I actually have about something similar, which was uh, a coworker of mine at uh, one of my previous employers. I won't name any names, but um, to kind of protect the, the innocent, or I was like, this dude ain't that innocent, but uh, black dude, brother, who I worked with, and he came up to me randomly one day and started telling me about how um, I needed to be careful around the women at work. And I was like, oh, what? Um, uh, like, I beg your pardon. I don't know what you're talking about. So he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm dealing with this thing right now. And I'm like, OK, well, what was happening? He's like, yeah, just, you know, some of the women up on the 21st floor, they were, they were talking, they were saying your name and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, like, well, I only know like two people up there and they're, by, you know, people I used to work with before I had switched jobs. And I was like, no, I don't really like using one of them. So they were probably just talking shit. Like, it's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, well, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing with harassment. And, you know, several women are getting together and they went to HR and they said that I'm 
pulling women into conference rooms and trying to touch them and kiss them and like saying inappropriate things. And, you know, I just want to let you know, you know, be careful. They're out here trying to trap a brother. And I was like, first of all, I've, I've known this guy for about 42 seconds at this point. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you telling me all of this? Which then he went and started talking about his, how his marriage is falling apart and his wife was pregnant. And, but then there was like, you know, an issue there, but then there was like another woman on the side. It was like, I was like, yo, you just got, you're just in a hot mess, man. So, and then one day I saw him, he was like crying. Like he was, he was, but not crying. Like his eyes were like, were looked like they were crying, but he wasn't actually in the like weeping. You know what I mean? It was no whatever tears. medication, whatever medication he was on for his, whatever mental state was, was causing him to have the appearance as if he was openly weeping at the office and it was like bro you need to go i don't need to check into rehab i don't know what you need to do but it needs to be not here i'll tell you that (laughs) not here motherfucker but yeah so that yeah so i mean you know people tend to kind of play the victim in the world and in our country in particular so and that's my thing with the me too movement like these instances are far too specific to just be women trying to get me. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> if you beat your dick into a plant, <laughs> ain't nobody making that up. <laughs> They'd be like, no, let's go find the plant then. It's in a hotel. I'm sure it's still there. Let's go get some DNA out of this plant. This is very specific. You know, it, it's not, it's not, well, I drop uh, these women. They, they, every time they drop their pen when I'm around and I pick it up and hand it to them and they coming after me, he's like, they, they pulled me into the conference room and you was trying to touch it. Like, all these women are making that up. And if they are making that up, how fuck, how horrible of a person do you have to be generally for a whole bunch of women who have no prior relationship with you to network? They all get together and say, let's lie on this man and get him fired. Yeah, that, I mean that shit—that's less likely than you just doing stupid shit. But that's how I felt about old dude. It's like, like I said, because it had been multiple jobs. If, if he was saying he he had just been having trouble on this one job that he had been at for a long time, then I might have been able to be a little bit more lenient on it. But the fact that it's been different places, like nigga, that's you. You're doing something at your job that is creating this situation no matter where you go. That's you. Stop touching people at work, brother. Stop touching people at work. Why are you touching off people at work, man? You're probably watching some of them old 1960s uh, work relations videos where they said, greet women with a nice open ham slap on the butt. Let them know that you see them and that they're doing a great job. Yeah, like that Mad Men TV show. Oh yeah, like Batman. Yeah. This is like, you know, if, he's if, from California. I was like, oh okay, he's from somewhere else. Like, he's not from down here. Maybe that'll be, you know, something different. And this literally was over the court. This crashed and burned without me ever having met him. This is why I don't go on dates. I don't ever get to, a chance to get to the date because niggas fuck up before I get there. Like at this <laughs> point, I'm not gonna go out with you. So now I'm not. It's just another date I didn't go on. Because <laughs> at this point I'm not going out with you. I don't know. You might hand me up against my fucking cars. And sh- I don't know what you do. I don't know why you getting all of these allegations. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. 
And at the beginning, you said that you don't understand why dudes want to come to your house and they don't they don't know you. That's because dudes don't assume any risk. Uh, yeah. Well, unless you're absolutely crazy, crazy. you could be I crazy. I was just gonna say that's a risk a man is willing to take if he might be able <laughs> to clap some dog. cheeks. You might get bit by my dog. <laughs> I have dog plural two dogs, multiple dogs. You for you know they misbehave and bite motherfuckers. You don't know. Boy, like, like like Mr. Armpoint said, when they when they know they're about to come over there and deliver that meat, <laughs> there's not Look, a not a high risk involved. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a level of risks men are willing to take. You know what I'm saying? If a, if a woman for whatever reason would it be like, hey, let's go over to this uh up under this bridge where the uh, murderous crackheads be at, and that turns me on, like I'm saying, hell no. But a lot of dudes will be like, mm, I'm going to be able to hit the cheeks. <laughs> yep. I'm going. You know, that's <laughs> yep. the, risk, the risks that men are willing to assume to clap the cheeks is, is, is astronomical. Sad. It is sad. <laughs> also, also, <laughs> I want sad. <laughs> it's very sad. But also, I want to let you know that uh, Kingston is the size of Baxter and he can't get punted over a bridge. You and, know that. They don't know that. And Remy <laughs> will be choked into his death thinking that this is a game. <laughs> they don't know that I have an overly friendly dog and a tiny dog, okay? All they know is I have dogs. <laughs> they don't well, know their personalities. Well, when they assume the risk, they're going to find out. If they were would, like, choke him to death. He 100% would. Like, oh, this is a new game. What is this game? I like this. Oh, it's friendly. <laughs> and then dead. Friendliest but. dog ever. It's ridiculous. He's so ridiculous. Like, oh, my God. He's definitely not a guard dog, but they don't know that. And he's big. He looks big. He's just a big friendly dog. Like they don't know that. So I don't know. I'm really tired of, you know, and this is why I always say I'm tired of dating. I don't want to do this because this is what, this is, this is what I mean by this, this little bullshit ass (laughs) get to know you with all of these random crazy people. This is what you got to do. You I just want to get this. married. I just want to be married. I don't want to date. I don't yeah. want to do none of that. That's like <laughs> the, way, the way I describe it to a friend I was talking to is I just want to skip to the part where we're fucking. Can we just like get to that part? Because <laughs> once you start, once you get to that part, like there's a lot of steps that have to take place for that trust level to be built up where somebody's actually willing to let you hit the cheeks. So I'm like, can we just like, can we just skip all the the, the awkwardness of going on a date and asking you, how, what do you do for a living? And I, man, no, just like you said, like getting to the part where I'm just married and clapping cheeks on a regular basis. That's it. That's it. I'm good with that. I don't want to do the rest of this shit. I'm tired of doing it. I don't want to do. I don't want to have any more of these little chit chat ass conversations about what you do, what I Red. do, your family, my family. I'm tired. You can have that, but not with the level of autonomy you like in your life. <laughs> you gotta choose. You can you can go find you a sugar daddy or become a male order red and end up somewhere where you just get married, but you're also gonna be living in a cage and eating fucking dog food <laughs> and chicken feet every day. Uh, why the chicken feet though? <laughs> I don't know. I, I went to a uh, I went to a uh a Mexican grocery store yesterday, and oh man, it's such weird shit in there, man. They just had a my big ass tub full of chicken feet. feet. My dad eats chicken feet. He oh, that country. Why? He that country of a nigga. What kind of meat? Is that meat on chicken feet? It's not a. I don't. I could never like watch them eat it because they look like what they are. They're like they have the claw, the na- like it looks disgusting. So I've never watched him eat it. 
I've seen them in the freezer before he cooked them. I don't know. He eat them. I don't know what he's eating because his chicken feet are skinny. It's not. All I'm saying oh, is, if you can have that life, but that's what you're gonna have with it. If you want, want to, you got, you gotta go through this fucking old world of dusty ass closet men and figure out which one is decent. I'm tired. I'm so over it. Like, like you ain't even done it as much as other people. You've been cutting niggas out for ten years and telling <laughs> niggas y'all ain't talking to you for ten whole years. This <laughs> quit goddamn complaining. It's people That's like because I know when to cut them off. Some motherfuckers don't know when to let but, go. But I do applaud you. I do applaud you. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking shit now. But this dude, you did, this dude, you you went above and beyond what you normally do, and I, I applaud you for that. Cause I would have cut him off with the dog thing. <laughs> like normally I would have like, oh he don't like dogs. Okay, I'm not dealing with this. Cause I have dogs. They're not going nowhere. I didn't put somebody out of my house before for being mean to my dog. When I just had Kingston, he like knocked him off the couch, and I was like, motherfucker, he live here. You don't. What are you doing? Don't put your hands on my dog. He ain't even do nothing to you. You really gonna make me leave behind this dog? Yes. Goodbye. Fuck out of my house. Because if yeah. you swatting him around, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do with me. Yeah, good point. So now you got to go. I don't know. Some people, especially black people, have this idea of dogs that they just, they just, like we, some black people treat dogs like white people used to treat black people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, like, damn. <laughs> I mean, in the, not during slavery, that's not that bad, but like in the Jim Crow South, it's like some black people be like, uh uh-uh. uh, they, they cross the street when they see dogs and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do that at your house. Don't come to somebody else's house doing this shit. He lives here. You don't live here. You're a visitor. And Kingston is an asshole. So I could see if he was actually doing something because Kingston's a jerk. But he wasn't even doing anything. He was just on the couch and he wanted to sit where the dog was at. Bitch, he lives here. He sits there. Sit right here. What the fuck? Get out of my house. <laughs> See that's a whole nother that's a whole nother conversation though because like I don't I don't do dogs on furniture never have we grew up with a dog and trust me we loved that dog when we grew up we grew up with him that was that was the homie he was like a little brother but his ass wasn't allowed on the couch <laughs> <laughs> and there are some people that don't allow that but again. It's not your couch, it's mine. Yeah, it is your couch. I'm not house. telling you to let him sit on your couch. For you, is there a reason behind no animals on the couch, or is that just how y'all did it? Yeah, because they, they they shed dog hair, and they walk around with no shoes on outside, and, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess. I guess a, like, you know, maybe like they out do. stepping around and who knows what out in the yard, and then putting that where I'm supposed to be laying down to watch TV. No. But you, you get that's where we got you these damn like four. He had four different like luxury ass dog beds throughout the house. Go lay on one of those. One of them even looked like a couch. It was shaped like a like a miniature couch. Got it at Costco. You take your behind on that damn dog couch over there. I could deal with that, even even that. But like again, this was not. I wasn't at his house, and I wasn't like, yeah, Kingston, jump on his shit. You know, this at my house. Which is obviously this is allowed. So, like, <laughs> relax, calm down. <laughs> so yeah, I you know I don't know. I'm just tired. I had stopped doing the online thing, and I was going out um, to restaurants for lunch, trying to like put myself in places where I could potentially meet somebody 
Um, and that was just getting me hollered at by old men in work trucks downtown. <laughs> like, hey, hey, that girl, I like that walk. That kind of shit. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, this was a bust. <laughs> Not what I was looking for, but all right. Somebody thinks I'm attractive. I guess there's that. Even if it is somebody's grandpa. Quit acting like uh, you ain't got all them matches on all them damn websites with people. You just got to filter through who you think is attractive enough to talk to, who profile is grammatically correct enough for you to (laughs) feel like interacting with, and who don't do no stupid shit like tell you that he put his finger in a kid booty in the first three days. (laughs) (laughs) But you got work to do. For that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't do that. That's wrong. You got work to do, Red. Okay. I'm just tired. Who's that, Kingston? No, it's the friendly dog because he hears me talk. See, all that time I wasn't saying anything, it was too quiet. Then I started talking. I think I woke him up, and now he's like, she's here. We want to play. <laughs> because that's all he wants. His whole life is playing with somebody or something and sleeping. That is his entire life. The little dog don't want, he don't want you touching him. He don't want you looking at him. He don't want you touching nothing that belongs to him. He's not friendly. His personality is much more aligned with mine. I don't know where his friendly ass dog came from. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an adjustment. Because <laughs> even I'm sometimes like, nigga, okay, yes, I, I'm happy to see you too. All right. Now go away. <laughs> go, go over there. <laughs> He's overly friendly. It's too much sometimes. He literally would probably let you choke him to death and think it was a game. Like, on points, not even exaggerating. He's that friendly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> My God. Okay. What you um, got? That was it for the situation. Well, this goes along with dating. So, I met someone that... <laughs> Moved in with somebody after they've known them for three months. They met online and they talked online from different states. And the first time they met was when she moved here to move in with him. And now they're having problems. And I'm like, of course you're fucking having problems. Like, you can't go. (laughs) You assume that y'all will be able to live together based off of y'all talking on the phone for three months or however long prior to you moving here and the first time you, you meet him is when you're moving your stuff into his home in a state that you don't have no family or friends in like what of course you're having problems duh your friend had problems before that cause she would yeah. do this shit hell <laughs> that's a person with issues she got daddy issues or something she uh, got attachment issues or abandonment yeah. issues Because I'm tripping about somebody asking to come over to my house when I don't know them. She's moving into somebody's house without having ever met him. (laughs) Yeah. And she's moving into a new city. I mean, if he... State. A new state. A new state. I mean, if he he R. Kelly her ass and put her in a cage, nobody would even know. She ain't even got no job. She ain't even accountable for nowhere. Well, she does. She has a job now. She works at Rooms to Go. I'm yeah. talking about the first day she got here. Oh, if yeah, he would have said, is. hey, check out, El- I want you to check out the whole house. Look, out- this is your room right here. And so a nice <laughs> bedroom. Be like, let me show you the basement. This is where I do my projects. 
Uppercut her ass two times and throw in a cage, and ain't nobody gonna be asking no questions. Door locks from the outside and shit. He's like, why is there why is there a bolt on the outside of the door? Exactly. He's like, I don't, don't worry about that. That's she just for safety. Ass. So I guess my question is, well, I guess y'all answered it. Would y'all ever like move in directly with somebody after knowing them for only a short amount of time? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Not only that, I wouldn't let somebody do that shit. No. If I was serious about somebody and I wanted their family to have a positive per- uh, perception of me. Hell, I'd be like, no, your fucking ass is not finna move in because your family's gonna think I'm goddamn crazy. They're gonna be scared for your ass, and that ain't gonna be helpful to me. They're gonna be looking at me like I'm crazy every time. Yes. So, huh, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I wouldn't let you move. If, if, even if I wanted to, I'd be like, nah. The, for for the aesthetics, we gotta do this shit a certain type of way. Yeah. I gotta and come just, up and meet your folks or something. In general, like, I mean, it's so very hard to know enough about a person to know you want to live with them after a phone conversation for three months. You've not seen how that person interacts with anybody other than you. Cause I'm big on paying attention to how people treat other folks. Cause I know I'm new right now and you trying to, as y'all keep saying clap cheeks. So I get it. You're going to treat me lovely. Right. But <laughs> I want to see how you treat other folks because at one, at some point I'm not going to be new and shiny. And you're not going to treat me better than everybody else at some point. And so what is your baseline for treatment of folks? <laughs> Cause if your baseline is shit, then I'm in trouble. I want to see how you interact with other folks, not just me. Look, man, it's shit you can do. This is Mr. On points, uh, uh, relationships, one-on-one long distance relationships, okay. one-on-one. This is how you learn things about a people. See, you got to put them in a situation where you need to see how they react. See, what you need to do is you need to get one of your homegirls, homeboys, whoever, and you need to call them but act like it was a butt dial, and then you start having a conversation with your friend. Uh, just not bad shit, but just like, I don't really know how I feel about it quite yet. I think I think he cool. I think she cool. But Now, you know you fuck with them, but you trying to see how they going to respond to this situation. Either they going to pretend like they didn't hear all that shit try to use it in the future, but you know they heard it because you caught them on purpose. Or, they're going to be mad because they're going to be like, why you ain't telling your friends you fucking in love with me? We're talking about moving in together. You need to set them up, man. That's what you do. You got to put them in a situation where they're supposed to have a certain type of reaction, see how they handle it, and then you know a little bit more about that person. That's what you do. Or you could just meet the person in person. Like regular people do. No, because the first 20 times you meet the fucking representatives. That might take seven You're months. Right. That's true. But look, I'd rather take that time than to move in three months after talking to somebody and then be seeking out some therapy because shit is not going well. I wonder what's going on. What's going wrong? Do you know? They don't trust each other because they don't know each other. <laughs> Kind of so makes he sense. probably cheating. Um, he probably he, got all kind of thoughts. He, I mean, he could because he, he's from here. He lives here. He has a home base here and a foundation here. She's the one that doesn't have anybody here, but she also has a drinking problem. Oh Jesus, that don't help shit. The kind that they had agreed not to drink anymore because they both were getting into it when they drank, so they can't. They were like, "Oh, we're not gonna drink anymore." She taking vodka. Drinking it and putting water back in it so he won't know that she's been. <laughs> what the hell, man? Listen, 
if this is if this is what they're doing already, they just need to call it. Just just be cool about it with each other. Just be like, you know what? We messed up. We made a mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you're a lovely person. Like, you know, I'd like to get a drink with you at a happy hour month, but a relationship is not uh is not uh what's popping right now. So let's go ahead and just call it. Let's just you know, and and move on. That shit so. is so stupid to me. Your friend, her IQ ain't high. But it's no, like, she, it's like no, she's an I'm alcoholic. A, this is look, look my dad on. does this. My dad okay. does this. He will get alcohol like because he knows that my mom pays attention to like what he drinks. So like brown looker, he put tea in the bottles. White looker, he put water in the bottles. Now. When she started going to Tennessee and bringing back like colored moonshine, I don't, he couldn't figure out how to fucking replace that shit because it's like purple and pink and shit though. But, but like, that's what you, alcoholics do. He's an alcoholic. She but like you when, but when you open the bottle of vodka and it doesn't have a smell anymore, and then you taste it and it tastes like water. Well, who, what else are they gonna think? That's what I'm saying. Like why? Well, he, they agreed not to drink, so he wasn't gonna be drinking the the alcohol. My mom doesn't drink, so she's not actually gonna open it as long as it looks like it hasn't been touched. <laughs> that ain't even the essence of it. Hell, I know the difference between sober red and fucking drunk red. <laughs> they don't give a fuck if the alcohol bottle on the counter still goddamn full. If you come in that bitch trying to fight, I know you've been drinking. Like that's why I say that's what's wrong with your friend. Like she drank the alcohol, put water in it so it don't look like she drunk, but she coming there staggering and shit. Like, what the fuck? You thought I wasn't gonna notice you ain't drinking? If you could drink and it don't look like you've been fucking drinking, we wouldn't have ever had the conversation to begin with. <laughs> the problem is you drink and then you do crazy shit, and and everybody know we we drunk. Yes. How can you get away with that? Like I promise you, I will walk in and you go if you point at a bottle and say, "Look, the bottle full." I ain't just, it's like a motherfucker spraying cologne on and then uh, filling the bottle up and say, "I ain't use no cologne." I smell you, bitch. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like that's the sense that shit makes to me. That's the sense that filling the alcohol bottle up makes to me. Maybe your daddy, your daddy's so deep in alcohol. He probably looked the same sitting on the chair like he do drunk and he you sober. You see him. He looks the same. Like, when you met him, that's what he looked like all the time. He was drinking when you met him, so. So, and yeah. that's deep into the situation. If we know that alcohol is the reason we get into these situations, then I'm going to know when you drunk because we're going to get into a situation. And I'm going to know I ain't drunk, but I'm going to know <laughs> you drunk. And I'm not going to look. I'm going to be like, oh, shit, where's the alcohol bottles at? Are they full? <laughs> that's not gonna be my first move I'm gonna be like this bitch drunk where the fuck did you get that alcohol from you must have been buying that shit and drinking it before you get to work and not touching the alcohol on the counter even though I don't know the alcohol on the counter is water I still want to use that as a measure to determine whether she should be drunk or not <laughs> in her mind it makes sense but that's what happens with, like my dad does all kind of shit that don't make any sense that he expects to make sense to us. And we're like, this cause you drunk, nigga. We know it's stupid. You think it's not you think it's smart. We know it's stupid. This is the same kind of a situation. In her mind, he's not gonna know as long as the bottle looks the same. So she just filled it up to where it was when they decided to stop drinking and just put water in it. He didn't even know it was water because he hadn't been over there to look at it. Well, <laughs> but he knew she had been drinking. Well, if she do got an average IQ, she got a low ass alcohol IQ. 
you know, I didn't know they had only known each other for a short amount of time before moving in. Like, how many times did they meet before they got here? You said the first time they met. When they met, she was bringing her stuff here. She had bigger issues to worry about. That man might have had a micro penis. (laughs) 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 Hey, meat positivity now, but micro penis is a different situation. (laughs) It's a tiny meat. Nothing you can do with that. Um, Can't do much with tiny meat. Hey, they got some. uh, They got some. uh, Like. uh, they got some rubber dildo things that you actually strap onto a man's penis. Oh, that's sad. So oh, it like extends the penis. Oh, huh? that's sad. That's I don't know. Really... I'm sure a woman who love a man enough to deal with his micro penis would rather try that shit than to than to be dealing with a micro penis. Hell, little meat, tiny meat, baby meat. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Mm. That's sad. It's very sad. sad. That's sad. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm gonna see where that's gonna go. I'm sure it's gonna go end up with her going back to where she's from, but we'll see. Um, because I just don't foresee this going anywhere. Good. They really don't have any trust for each other because they don't know each other. Like. You don't yeah. know. And is, then, you know, this is why HIPAA, <laughs> this is why HIPAA exists, you know what I'm saying, as far as identifying information with your clients, because now I want to go to rooms to go and see who look like they might be an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't pick her out. I wouldn't pick her out. No. Nah. I, I didn't know. So, I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's problematic. <laughs> she was like, I only did it once. The fact that you did it ever is a problem. Like, I don't care if you haven't been filling up the one. bottles for a while. Filled up the bottle with water. She was like, that only happened once. So far? <laughs> like, that don't mean shit to me. <laughs> you don't get a cookie for not having done it more than once. The fact that you've done it at all is problematic. That that was your train of thought. Like, oh... I really, I'm, I agree to not drink, but I want to drink so bad that I'm willing to drink this and put water in the bottle so he don't say shit to me about it. In lieu of just being honest and saying, I don't want to stop drinking, so exactly. let's us figure out a way to do this so that I can drink and that we cannot get into it, you know? But she was like, okay, and that was bullshit, and she knew it when she said it. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, but... Anyhow, if y'all have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcallartist at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Call Artist, and send it to us that way. Um, I guess I'll start with H&M. Have y'all heard about H&M and their newest bullshit? Yep. H&M, stay so, H&M released some ads on last week. And, again, they got into some hot water because of how they had the black model. Last time, they had a little black boy with a monkey shirt on. Of all the shirts they could have put on him, they put a monkey shirt on him. (laughs) This time, they did, supposedly, these pictures were supposed to be kids after school, but the little black girl, when I tell you her hair looked awful, it looked so terrible, especially in comparison to the other kids. So, 
People, of course, got upset. There was a backlash about it. H&M came out and said that they want to keep it as authentic as possible. So all the kids, you know, were disheveled because it had been the end of a school day. And so if you go back and you look at the other pictures, they do look like they came from school, but she most definitely looks the worst. Okay, first of all, you know, I feel like there should be a length requirement for a ponytail. And let me say why I say this, okay? I hate seeing them little itty bitty, mini, teeny tiny little ponytails that people like gather hair into. And all that does is put um, stress on your edges and make your hair break off even more so that it guarantees you'll never have more than that little bitty ponytail that you have. So this just has to never been in a ponytail anyway. She needs a nice braid, some twists, something that is not this ponytail. Because there was no way it was going to stay up all day. It's not enough hair, first of all. Secondly, even if they wanted, like, a look that's like, you know, the kids after school, they knew she looked substantially worse off than those other kids. So they took them damn pictures. They could have, like, slicked it up, brushed it, that something to make it look a little bit better. They didn't have to do this to her. Okay, they did all the kids wrong, but they did her the worst because she looked the worst. The other kids look, you know, one of them got a little bed head, you know, her hair a little frizzy, you know. Well, yeah, most of the little girls' hair, they, it's just frizzy. It ain't, it's not with this black child hair. <laughs> this ponytail look, my mama would never. <laughs> my mom was one of those mothers that, like, she was not going to send you out of the house looking any kind of way because she felt like that was a direct reflection on her parenting. And she wasn't going to have nobody thinking she was a bad parent. So we looked put together when we left out. And then we came back from school looking too crazy. She'd be like, what the hell we y'all doing in school? Your hair flying all over your head. Like this, though? <laughs> nah. It's just not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. torn. Why are you well, torn? What you got? What you got, Colin? I, well, I was just going to say, I, I hope um, maybe you can, because uh, we were looking at that article before we, we started up today and put that put that up on the on the on the Facebook page or on the Twitter and stuff so that people can 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 get an easy access to as they're listening along if they want to take a look at this picture. Um, yeah. And the other pictures, too. I think it's important to see the other kids, too. Yeah. Because um, they all look raggedy. It wasn't Every just one of them look raggedy. It's like, you know. Daggone Hard Knock Life. What's the name of that movie? And the Annie. Like they got the got them kids looking dusty. It's just like you know, but they they know that they were wrong for putting that little black girl with that struggle bun, that little struggle ponytail. And then not only did it, was it just like a you know just a struggle ponytail, you had to do a side profile picture so you can <laughs> accentuate the, the struggle. What is wrong with y'all? And she was the only one with a side profile. So uh-huh. they knew yeah, exactly what they were doing. That. So that's what I got. I so now, well, yeah. now we're going to find out why our point is, tor- is, is torn. So let let me read the Twitter uh, the Twitter responses to this. Go down this and then I'll tell so I'll say what I'm, I'm thinking. H and M at it again. They wrong for that. What a child mama. I hope she sued them for public humiliation, defamation of character, and discrimination. They could have had a stylist touch this child hair. Pathetic. Uh, next one to the beautiful black girl with the 4C hair. You and your hair are beautiful. Congratulations on a gig as big as H&M. You must feel so proud. I'm proud of you. And to black girls with hair that society tells you need something done to it, ignore them. You are perfect. Um, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place with the H&M photo. I feel like they should have shown her hair more attention, but I also feel like we need to raise our brown girls to feel beautiful with their natural hair. Uh, 
uncle, uh, this another guy. But if H&M told her to fix her hair first, y'all would have been mad. Uh, next, the way we have running commentary on the hair of young black girls is absolutely frightening. I remember how everyone would be condemning Beyonce for Blue Ivy's hair. Now, this little girl in H&M, I don't know. I just don't like where the convo goes. Uh, next, either H&M hairstyle, hires hairstylists that do natural hair or they don't advertise to us. This child is beautiful. She deserves better. Uh, the last one, black people. Uh, complain that our natural hair is seen as unruly and unprofessional. Also, black people kill H&M and the black girl's parents for letting her wear her hair in its most natural state. So I see the conflict between the situation. It's like, where are we on this dialogue? It's, was her hair just not natural enough? I mean, should it have been dealt with more natural? You know what I'm saying? Because it is in its natural state. And what are it we saying to this girl? Like, if, but she going to have her hair like this at school a whole bunch of days. A whole bunch of days. If that this don't is, make it okay. <laughs> I'm like not I, saying, listen, I'm not saying a big-ass company like H&M should do something with that. I'm just saying we still have a throttle on how good a black girl can feel about their hair if, if a lot of black girls at the elementary schools we go to have had it look like this. If this the conversation that we have having about this whole thing. You know I'm a natural hair advocate, okay? I am. But natural hair does not mean that you don't have to do any fucking thing to your hair. There is a difference between your hair being in a natural state and being combed <laughs> and your hair being in a natural state and being all over your head like this baby. Nobody's saying her hair needs to be straighter. Nobody's saying, oh, she don't have curly hair. Nobody's saying that, she, oh, they need to pop a perm in that baby head. Nobody's saying that. That ponytail is raggedy. The ponytail would be raggedy if it was a white girl with a ponytail that looked like that. And actually, the other little white girl's hair looked raggedy, too. Her hair looks raggedy. It's not because it's natural. It's because the ponytail is raggedy. Like I said, that little child needs some bar something else with that hair. One, to help it grow out some, because, again, pulling your hair in them little tight-ass ponytails, all it do is pull your edges out. And then the hair ain't going to never grow. It's going to keep breaking off. So, I, you know, I, I think that sometimes when people, when we get into these natural hair conversations, we feel like black people should just be able to roll out of bed and go, and that's natural. No. <laughs> you but but if, 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 if it's indeed that a girl's hair starts off done at the beginning of the school day because her mother did do her hair something. But once these kids got off into PE and into recess and they're doing everything, and this is what they have after school, which I can tell you a lot of, not not a lot, because the schools I go to mostly white, but of the black girls that I be seeing, you know, some of them be having rough hair. I know the little boys be having rough hair. I went in there the other day and a kid had blood and dirt on his shirt. I was like, who the fuck blood is that? And how did you get in this predicament? <laughs> but after a, But like the difference is like, if indeed it was tended to at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, it looks like this. Can we have a conversation to those young black girls at the end of the day saying, yo, have fucked up. You need to do something about that. You know, I'm not saying H&M should be able to have access to that dialogue. But as a community, what do we say to black girls who do tend to their hair, but because it's difficult and because they don't do the own tending to their hair, what messages should we allow them to adopt from this conversation? Her mama is the person that is responsible. <laughs> like I said, my mom. I, Your I'm mama different. Your mama was a parent Nazi. <laughs> That's what your mama was. Your mama was a parental terrorist. All right. Let's get that shit out of the way while you bring your mama up. Okay. That might be a little excessive. I don't know about a Nazi, but <laughs> she, she's very controlled. I'll say that. But like. 
I'm not gonna say I never came home without my with my hair looking. Obviously, kids in PE and they play and and they get rough and whatever. But I maintain her hair should never have been in the ponytail in the first place. Like if I my children, what I want your to thrive. That ain't gonna thrive again. When you see little girls that had them little itty bitty ponytails with hardly any hair in the ponytail, reason why the hair is still like that is because they keep pulling it into these tight ass ponytails. Stop so. doing that. You are a parent that is deeply responsible about your child's hair. You give your style, your uh, child styles that won't look as regular at the end of the day because you know that's important. Uh, mm-hmm. For the parents who don't do that and don't take that effort, are we willing to allow those girls who just have them parents that ain't irresponsible to uh, absorb the criticisms that they're going to get because of their folks? Because we, we know a whole bunch of kids don't have the parents. We, I know, but... It, with nothing else where a kid doesn't have it is it it that's what it that's just what happens when you have parents that don't do what they're supposed to do you suffer for it there is not a way for us to take all the, the possible things that could potentially happen to a child whose parents ain't shit you and i work with most of the kids we work with parents ain't shit and there's only so much you can do to alleviate that those kids still go through those things those kids still receive those messages Thankfully, those particular kids that are on our caseloads have us to kind of try to balance some of that out. But we ain't gonna act like this ain't this don't happen every day. This child would have got like roasted, even if it wasn't an H and M A. If somebody else had took a picture of this, black Twitter, black black folks would have roasted the fuck out of her for her ponytail looking like this, without H and M being involved. Like, come the on, only, she did um, a better job. And the only argument I'm making. Is that we we've got to figure out how we gonna have a lot of conversations in the black community, because uh, like I said, like they said on the, on the post, like we was roasting fucking blue ivy hair too, you know what I I'm saying? Roasting, I've always been a fan of because like so, <laughs> unfortunately, and I know this is just sad, but because of the time frame that they were born in, I think a lot of comparisons get made between Northwest and blue ivy. I I much rather. The, the road that it looks like Beyonce and Jay-Z are going with Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy gets to be a kid. When I see her, she dressed like a kid. North be dressed like a mini Kim. And that bothers my soul. <laughs> so yeah. I was never somebody that had a problem with Blue Ivy hair. I liked her hair. I still like her hair. They, they letting her be a little child. And the conversation, me and you having don't absolve H&M of their responsibility because after that monkey in the t-shirt situation, the little I black mean, boy in the monkey shirt, they should have hired a black person. And I don't mean a Clarence Thomas looking ass. I mean like <laughs> a Bernie Mac looking ass. Like they should have had Bernie Mac looking motherfucker hired in there letting them know what they need to do. Because um, I would have been like, brush your hair a little bit. Don't put it on him with it. Just brush the sides up. Like I can't, like that as just as a black woman who could potentially have a little black girl one day that hurt my heart because i know that kids are mean i would never want my kid like the shit you can control and help your kids out with like a hairstyle is some shit that you you know you got some control don't it's already hard enough for kids you know and they're gonna get roasted about certain shit but some stuff it's just like come on man the ponytail really Listen, we already know who this girl going to be. This girl going to be in ninth grade with a, a bonnet on at school with oh, flaming geez. hot Cheetos in her goddamn hand. And that that's who she, that's who she going to be. She look like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. 
This is re- this is representation. Her mama, to the, her mama probably come to the school with her bonnet on. Hell, this is called representation. We represent the the sca- bald headed scallywags. Hot Cheetos are funyuns <laughs> <laughs> with the claw with the with the claw nail manicure. Oh, Jesus, you already talking know. About she's ha- talking about she's messing up her hot girl summer with fur boots <laughs> in the summertime. Oh, or the slides, you know, the like the Nike slides with so the, the, the fur on them. Put the fur on them. <laughs> I'm so tired of them fur slides. If I see them damn things one more again, I'm sick of them. People just be doing too much. But H and M really needs to hire somebody to help them. I'm sorry. I have one more visual for you, which is she got the sunglass on, but it's like that welder's that welder's shield looking sunglass. You like to watch them. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, man. Look, I don't talk about video games a lot, but I'm going to talk about a video game. I'm going to yeah. talk about NBA 2K20. All right. Okay. But I'm going to start off by talking about Candy Crush. All right. And okay, we'll, see the, we'll see the correlation at some point. So, Candy Crush and games similar to Candy Crush. Candy Crush might have been the one that started it, but they started like in-game purchases, yeah. right? You're a Candy Crush, you get like five lives, and when your yep, life is up, you gotta yeah. wait like a certain amount of time in order to be able to do it again. But if you pay a dollar, you can play you again. Can yeah. You know, and they made a ton of money off of that. And then they were like, hmm, this is lucrative. How about you can pay for a life, but also you can pay for power-ups? Hmm, so yep. now you're gonna pay us for a life, and you're gonna pay us for power-ups, okay? So, Cha-ching. They rang in the bucks, period. In-game purchases. Now, what happened is, the gaming industry that is not a cell phone gaming industry looked outside of that and said, hey, how the fuck is Candy Crush making billion dollars? You know, if they didn't make a billion, they make close to it. How are they making this much money? And that model was adopted into this the gaming industry, and it has evolved the gaming industry immensely. Every single game we play now got some kind of in-game purchases in it. And it's so off-putting that before these new games come out, the uh, the companies are saying, your game will have no in-game purchases in it. And they release the game with no in-game purchases. Um, because they know that it's, it's shit, and then they add in-game purchases later. Now, there are two organizations that regulate the gaming industry from the United States to Europe. In Europe, it's called PEGI, which stands for, uh, let's see. Did you say PEGI or PEGGING? PEGI. It's not PEGGING. You know, okay. it's not, it's not the thing that the people on Tinder have wanted you to do um, for them. Yes, I was concerned. I was like, that's not a good name. It's it problematic. is Pan-European Game Information. Is the name there it of the is. Organization. That's PEGI. What it's, we uh, know over here... Yeah, I was getting ready to say. Go, go ahead. You got it. What we know over here as the ESRB. Yep. So any game you ever buy, you see the same little symbol. It got an E on it, an E10+, a T for teen, an M for mature, A for adult, or an RP for rate, rating pending. Rating pending. So... How does this connect to NBA 2K20? So NBA 2K20 has fully marketed their game with a large gambling and casino component. 
Uh, and a lot of controversy came out about this. The commercial, when it comes out, it's got like a, a pachinko machine. It's got a roulette spin machine. And let's talk about loot boxes, all right? Loot boxes are essentially a gambling system, right? You essentially uh, pay money to buy these boxes and you may potentially get some powerful in-game power-ups. Um, it's messed up because it's kind of like slot machines. I mean, it's really that they can they can um, kind of manipulate how often you get good things versus how much you get shit things that you just paid for because if you're the wrong kind of person, you're going to keep paying. So this loot box crate system has come under a lot of scrutiny because kids play these games. And you're habituating a kid's mind to want to take chances with winning something after they pay money from a gambling system. So that system has always been under scrutiny. China is banning it in Ukraine. I think it's some um, it's under scrutiny right now about being changed. Uh, some places are full full out banned loot boxes in games and things of that nature. So you already had the the, the predisposition that loot boxes are bad. NBA 2K overtly still has loot boxes in the game and has connected them to the visual of the gambling shit that we have in our society. Now, the controversy comes in where the ESRB and PEGI are self-regulated systems. So that basically means that executives from these different industries are the ones who run these systems. Um, now, let me say a couple of things. Uh, there is a Pokemon game that came out in, uh, I don't remember when it came out. Pokemon Go? It's not Pokemon Go. No, it was an old Pokemon game on one of those Nintendo, uh, uh, handheld oh. Nintendo systems. But that game was rated Peggy, Peggy 12. Because let me, let me tell you what Peggy 12 means. Peggy 12. Video games that show violence of a slightly more graphic nature towards fantasy characters or non-realistic violence towards human-like characters will fall in this age category. Sexual innuendo or sexual posturing can be present, while any bad language in this category must be mild. Gambling as it is normally carried out in real life in casino halls can also be present. Example, card games that would be paid for money. Wait a minute. This is saying that gambling as it's normally carried out in real life in casinos can also be present. That's not right. Did they change this shit? Okay, so the issue has been that when Peggy identified that game as Peggy 12, the Pokemon game, it said that gambling can't be in it, basically. But I'm reading this shit now, and it says that Gambling as it is normally carried out in real life in casinos or gambling halls can be present. So a, part, a part of me is thinking they changed it to accommodate it. But this is the controversy. The controversy is uh, is that uh, NBA 2K20 overtly put that we got this casino-related shit in it. Uh, and the reason that the Peggy... And they haven't changed the rating on the game. They've literally... The ESRB and Peggy have allowed this game to be literally for everyone still. Even though their own systems say that if it has a level of gambling in it, then it should be changed. Uh, uh, so NBA 2K20 by the ESRB standard should be team because um, 
it can okay i'm sorry i'm reading it wrong so it's rated teen teen games that are rated teen can have simulated gambling and are infrequent use of strong language below that it can't so i'm right peggy 12 can have gambling but you have to rate it peggy 12 if it has that gambling in it same thing for rating teen uh the issue is there are two uh nba 2k execs on the esrb board and so like it's a whole bunch of controversy going on right now and i'm just bringing up this conversation to represent how fucked up our society is and all of these industries are whether it's the fucking video game industry whether it's fucking the industrial prison complex whether it's the goddamn university and school system whether it's the fucking healthcare system all of these systems have such a deep level of a corporate influence that we ain't got mm -hmm. no fucking chance we don't have a fucking chance what can we do about this shit what can we do about a system like that? We just generally talking about video games, but they bought a whole board full of psychologists on to say that there is no difference than a kid sitting in front of NBA 2K paying for a, a car set or Madden paying for a car set and a motherfucker sitting in front of a, a gambling machine pulling the damn thing down. No difference psychologically. Whether you pay for it or not, it's habituating young children to that. And parents are asking and sending emails about if gambling is in this motherfucker, why can my child play this game? Why are you saying this is rated for everybody? Why are you saying this shit is rated Peggy 3 if my kids can play and it's gambling in this motherfucking game? Why can they do that? And I'm just bringing up, I'm just bringing up more, more corporate shit and more control uh, that we we deal with in our society, man. We all play games. All three of us play games like a motherfucker. We done dealt with all of these systems. We done dealt with in-game loot crates. We done dealt with uh, we done dealt with getting crates and five crates in a row where you don't get shit. I don't know if y'all paid for any. I paid for some, you know. So and then the difference. So and then I play uh I play eight ball pool. Eight ball pool got a whole heap full of gambling shit in it. But you already ain't supposed to be able to do that shit. If you yeah. like 18 and under, like you ain't supposed to be, kids ain't supposed to be doing all this shit on their own, you know, on phone. So for, for for apps on your phone, you already expected to be old enough to do all of this shit, you know. So, I mean, I'm just bringing that shit up, man. That shit, it got me heated, man. I already been on a fucking 2K20 strike. 2K been the same 2K since 2015 with updated rosters. Yeah. <laughs> it's been the yeah. same shit. Yeah. I mean, and they add that extra shit to the game. Like two years ago, they added a playground. Where you literally got to run around, mind you, and this is another one of the shits. If they had a thing called a playground, Red, okay, you can go over here if you want to play online. You can go over here if you want to play in the park. You can go over here if you want to buy stuff and get a haircut. You can go all over the park. But you run slow as hell in the park. And that was another part of it because if you leveled up fast enough, you can get a bike or a skateboard. And you can move oh, fast Oh, so park. you wouldn't have to go so slow. Yeah, like every component Insane. of that game was monetized or or you know one of them systems where you're encouraged to pay for shit because mm -hmm. it's an inconvenience even if it's a mild inconvenience still inconvenience that shit got me heated man i'm glad i don't fuck with 2k these days I, I ain't that big of a basketball fan so i never played 2k by myself i only played with my team so me and my homeboys would play a team game or shit some shit like that or i play online if my one of my homeboys want to play but i just can't i can't contribute to that system. I can't contribute to it, man. Yeah. I used to I bought 2K every fucking year until 2019. So that's that's for for me. 
for anybody who's listening doesn't know that I live in Seattle, Washington, and around Labor Day every year they have the Penny Arcade Expo on the West Coast in Seattle at the convention center. So the Penny Arcade Expo started several years ago. It's basically like a big gaming convention, so and kind of a trade show too. So all the different publishers are there, developers are there, and it's not just video games too. It's tabletop games, so card games, board games, um, every all kinds of any, anything that's that is a game that's not necessarily a sport type of game, you know. So any kind of like entertainment based game, it's a huge convention for that. I spent probably ninety percent of my time the entire weekend is a four day expo um, at the indie mega booth, and it's basically a, a large area sectioned off where all the independent or indie developers and, and publishers are showing off their games. And part of the reason is because of exactly what you're talking about on point, which is that, you know, that that's actually something that when I see new games that are coming out from a lot of the major publishers, um, whether or not they have like a loot crate mechanic is something that or a loot box mechanic in the game is something that I decides whether I even purchase the game at all or not, because I just don't want to support. I don't want my money going to support or to validate you know, that further kind of almost abuse of the of the system somewhat. So, you know, I paid, like I was talking to you guys, and, I, and I've been pushing it too on my own Facebook page, this, the Untitled Goose Game. So, I mean, $14.99 online, you know what I mean? It's not a $60 game that's, that's, that's been loaded with advertising budgets and all this other kind of stuff. But $14.99 in the game puts a smile on my face when I play it because it's fun. And it was made by, you know, a small studio, and so I think that's one way that people have to start doing that is like with any other thing too, grassroots movements in, in a way is to start to, you know, you vote with your wallet, as they say, you know, like I'm not going to buy, probably not, I'm probably not ever going to buy NBA 2K ever again. I haven't bought it in, I don't know how long. I think I have it on my PS4 because my, my buddy came out to visit in March. He wanted to play 2K, so he bought it, like he paid for it. So I was like, well, if you're going to buy it, then that's fine. I'm not buying it. So then he was like, why not? And I went through that entire spiel about the same thing. I was like, I don't support these companies that are out here because they're beholden to shareholders and all they care about is turning the profit and, the, and the, you know, the share prices and blah, 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 and making their quarterly earnings. It's not a, they're not making the game like the people that made the Goose game. They're not making the game because they, they want to create something fun and cool. They're, they're publishing games because they're trying to hit earnings reports and stuff like that. And that's just not what, you know, something that's entertainment or art based or whatever is supposed to be. You know, it's like it's like you think about like kind of like the movie industry and stuff like that. It's like the reason why, you know, I really enjoy a lot of the Marvel movies because they're good movies. Now, I mean, granted, of course, they want to make money off of them, too. But you can tell like they're not compromising, you know, what their what their vision is for the product and everything else in an attempt to make more money. You know, yeah, I think uh, that, the you know, like the Justice League movie kind of did that. They were trying to just capitalize on the on the on the market at a, at a point in the superhero collaboration movies like Avengers and they put out a bad product. And so I don't know, that's just kind of, kind of my thoughts on it, but it's like with everything, all those industries you name, it's gotta, you know, we're getting to, to something to do. What we can do about it is start from the bottom so, and stop, you know, stop making, stop validating the, the corporate interests with our, with our hard earned dollars. Well, what, well, what we're seeing is, 
even when a good game gets cranked out from one of the major studios, like a Devil May Cry or something like that, mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty good game. It's entertaining. It's well designed. The story is good. I mean, it, your favorite characters are still there. Uh, if you go to Reddit and read some of the anonymous uh, uh, posts from game developers of major labels, they are getting sque- every bit of juice squeezed out of them, not getting paid their worth, and they're leaving in high numbers. And they're the ones that are responsible for this big-ass surge of indie productions out here. Yep. So I think at some point, the indie the indie work, story-wise, because if you go look for stories and just an enjoyable-ass, affordable game and All not something games. that don't seem like it was just a fucking uh, update added on to version of the last game you played, like Call of Duties and shit, then that's what's happening. And I think when we start embracing like indie games in that way, then we gonna that shit's gonna flip on his head because the major studios at some point, like at some point, being an indie gamer and getting the share of making your own game that you get is gonna become a lot more uh, ple- pleasing to uh, to people that's working for them. Major, it's gonna look better. It's gonna be like shit. They made a million dollars off of this game that cost fourteen ninety nine, and I'm still working on a hundred thousand dollar salary right here. To get talked yeah. shit to by this man that don't care about my part of this work, you know what I'm saying? Who to get talked down to and you know put in this room of assessment and told that I I got some extra better shit I need to do with with my my craft by somebody who's regulating how much I get paid, but also somebody who benefits from me believing that I'm not worth as much as I am, you know. Yeah. So at some point. I think it's flipping now. Like if you go to Xbox right now and look at the games, that just the games on go, on sale with gold, them a shitload of indie games, man. Yep. Oh, and, and, and it's, it's three or four major label games around it, but like a ton of indie games. Yeah, and they're good and they're fun. Yeah. So, I don't even work for this company, but I highly recommend everybody try the Goose Game. It's uh, so title much fun. Goose Game. Yep. I'm gonna try that shit. <laughs> That's all I got for that topic. Yeah, me too. What you got, Red? Uh, I was gonna do. <laughs> I was gonna do this last week, but um, I forgot, so I'm gonna do it this week. So, woman turned away from getting pedicure at nail salon because owner claimed she was too big. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the owner claimed that she was too big. Nigga, either you too big or you not. She What's so this here's, here's, shit talking here's about? my thing. So this just made me think. Of, we went to Six Flags. Did we go? Did we went last year, right? Was that last year we went to Six Flags? Ah, uh, that might have been the year before last. We didn't go last. Uh, anyway, I don't when, remember. Whenever we went to Six Flags, there were rides that you couldn't get on. I could not. And that's just what it was. You couldn't get on the ride. Either me and um, Cole Jackson got on them, or we just didn't ride. We just I made look. I made the life decisions that got me where I'm at. <laughs> 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 I can take accountability for some things. I guess I get. I get the whole fat shaming movement. I get people because it, you know there has been an issue with people. Um, getting a lot of shit for their weight but sometimes you know if if this seat 
Because here's the thing. If you go into one of these nail salons, it's one of those, like, um, massage chairs, and that shit break after she get out of the chair, she's not going to pay for that. The, the, the salon is going to have to pay for that. So, I just, I don't know how I feel about... <laughs> Everybody making a big deal and going at this salon saying that they wrong and they shouldn't have turned her away. Because the picture I'm looking at, I mean, I don't know. Hey, every one of them motherfuckers talking shit, I bet you ain't finna let that motherfucker sit in your lawn chair. That's the last day you're gonna have that motherfucker. (laughs) Tell you right now. I be struggling when I be sitting in some chairs. Listen, I'm 325, okay? I'm 325 solid as fuck now. Don't get me wrong. I'm a solid 325, you know what I'm saying? I get around, but... I know what 325 pounds does to shit that's not meant to hold 325 pounds. I got two, three chairs in my apartment that prove it. Because (laughs) one day when I was tired, you know, my brain resources is gone and I'm not thinking that, oh, you're a big guy. You need to, you know, slow yourself down and lower yourself into this chair methodically so that you don't fuck it up. And I plop down in that bitch and I end up on the floor wondering what the hell happened. Then it'd be like, yep, your big ass plopped in that damn chair that that only that the only reason that it's working is because of like physics and how you're sit. Like if I sit down in a chair that ain't made for my weight, I got to make sure that my calves are ready just in case. I got to make sure that the legs are square on the floor, right? Like all it take is a fucked up lean over to the left or the right or me (laughs) leaning back. And that shit gonna bend. That's aluminum sometimes, man. That shit ain't no... Look, gravity ain't got no fucking mercy or friends, okay? Gravity just is what it is. It will fuck you up or it'll let you be fucked up. So, the I think what the salon should have done, the salon should have put up a sign that has a weight limit on them chairs. When they bought them... Listen, when they bought them fucking chairs... In the instruction manual, it it gives a weight limit. They got to. Now, if you didn't put that shit up in your shop and you end up having with what I, you know, maybe racially assuming is broken English, try to communicate to somebody that they too big to sit in the chair, that's where the, the problem comments, come in at. The comments were full of, no, no, you too big. You too big for chair. See, that's just black folks being racist, man. <laughs> Like, oh shit, I, I, just made me think of this goddamn Red Lobster story. I was so fucking embarrassed at this moment, okay? So, let me just tell y'all about my mama real quick first. My mama is just so ignorant to other cultures. We would go to the Chinese restaurant, and when my mama asked for a fork, she would do the whole eating gesture like, fork, fork? And she asking for a fork, and I'm like, mama, they work at a restaurant. If they don't know no other words in America, they know fork, spoon, cup, food, buffet, chicken. They know these words. All right? Stop doing that. That shit's embarrassing. Okay? So she used to do that shit. So I'm at Red Lobster. I feel like I'm relatively, you know, aware of different cultures. So it's three Asian people that come to my table and they say, uh, and this is going to be all kind of racist because I'm going to be imitating them as much as I can. We're waiting for friend. We're waiting for friend. And so I'm like, uh, oh, I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, they wait for their friend to show up, uh, and uh, and they looking at the menu and they trying to ask questions, but they can't. They like lobster, lobster, you know. And I'm like, I direct them to where the lobster is, and it's like, okay, cool. And so we, you know, talking, um, they talking amongst each other in in their native tongue, but asking me questions to point out stuff when they get there. 
So, and, and, and this guy, this guy right here is somewhere telling this story about me. Okay. <laughs> so he gets there with his friends and what they were waiting on was him to get there because he fucking must have been born in America or something. But when he get there, I see him. I bring the menu up to him and I go, lobster, lobster. <laughs> and he says, dude, I haven't even looked at the menu yet. Just like that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucked me all the way up. Boy, I went to the kitchen and just washed my face, goddamn, because I must have been sweating. I'm like, I got to go back out here and talk to this motherfucker and serve him after <laughs> I sat here and assumed that he spoke broken English. Now, a reasonable person would be like, I mean, I guess that's a that's a relatively, you know, normal or common assumption. Everybody would have made that assumption, you know, but I had to live with the moment that it was. The assumption is cool, but that assumption came with a moment that that nigga ain't going to forget. He probably talking about anti-Chinese blackness <laughs> out here to the people because of me. <laughs> because, yeah, there's some racist black people out here. They just look at me and just assume that I just, I don't even speak English. He on a podcast talking shit about me right now. <laughs> I told you the story of my mom embarrassing us because my brother, my uh, sister-in-law, my his first wife was a Japanese from Japan. He, he met her when he was in the Navy. And the first time we met her, you know, we knew that Seiko couldn't speak very good English. That was something that my brother had made sure that we understood. So we all knew that. For some reason, in my mother's head, that correlated to, I need to speak really loud so that she'll hear me and understand it. So she got in this little 95-pound woman face. Hey, how are you doing? Why was you Like, we had to take her to the side and like, she's not deaf. She's not deaf. She can hear you. She don't speak English. So all you're doing is yelling a language she don't understand in her face. Doesn't make her understand it because it's louder. Okay, she don't know the words you're saying. <laughs> and of course, she was just sitting there, just smiling and nodding, having no idea why this big black lady was in her face yelling, I'm sure, and just like, oh God, I don't know what <laughs> to do. Some people, like, cultures be fucking us up sometimes, especially if you're not used to dealing with it, you just don't know what to do. But sometimes I see stories and I'm like, oh yeah, that fat shaming is terrible. And then other times I see stories like this and I'm like, but were you too big though? But were you too big for the chair? <laughs> like, I feel like that's relevant. If if there was a I mean, chance that you could damage their chair and they were going to have to be the one to pay for it and your little $35 fill-in set is not going to pay for that damn chair or whatever she was getting done. Pedicure, but, whatever it was she was getting done. But if there's no overtly communicated objective measure of letting that person read that somewhere, that's a problem. I'm not saying it's fat shaming. But a fat person who ain't told that they can't do this is going to be mad about not being able to do it if they thought they could. You know, I mean, maybe that same chair, maybe they go somewhere else in that same chair they sit in. And at this place, they was tripping. I feel like that person should know their limitations, goddamn. And if they don't, this shop need to overtly communicate these chairs ain't for you. Period. You too big. I don't airline... care if it's a regular size skeleton up under all of that meat. <laughs> <laughs> Can't the airlines have you buy two seats if you need if you're too 
Can they make you buy two seats to, to fly? Hell yeah. yeah they I do think, it all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do, depending I on... I mean, all I'm saying is that sometimes it isn't fat shaming. Sometimes it's a situation where you are too fucking big for whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like, even with Six Flags, I don't... I'm sure they had, like, a weight thing posted, but you d- dictated whether or not you could ride the ride by if you was going to be safe <laughs> on the ride or not. If you was going to be able to clink the thing or whatever. Like... Sometimes yeah, it's just shit you should walk away from and just be like, that ain't for me, all right, it's cool. Instead of making a big-ass deal. <laughs> like, so me and my brother went to Six Flags. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 325 pounds. He's 325 pounds, but he's 6'9". It's some shit that he just couldn't ride, and it's some shit I couldn't ride. So we bought the Platinum Pass at Six Flags, which, you know, Six Flags ticket costs like fucking 60 or $70. And then you add the $130 Platinum Pass onto it, and damn... So me and my brother, when we realized it was a lot of shit we couldn't ride, we was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going we gonna to run around for two more hours and ride whatever the fuck we can as many times as we want with this Platinum Pass. And then we're going to take the Platinum Pass back up to the front and tell them we can't ride shit. So <laughs> she get a refund for this Platinum Pass. And I gave us a refund for the Platinum Pass. Pa- platinum Pass. And we didn't, you know. So I, I look, I know my limitations. I knew going in that bitch is going to be some shit I couldn't ride. You know, and even on the airplane, you know, I ain't wrote, wrote, read an airplane that many times, but the people that sit next to me, when they see me, I know they'd be like, oh, motherfucking big nigga. <laughs> and, but they should, they just should be lucky that I ain't stinking, okay? They should be lucky that I have some decent smelling fucking cologne, deodorant, and or my beard is bombed up, and that's fragrant. They should be grateful that I ain't a nigga that just got sweat between my fucking rolls that smelled like four days ago. Oh. Four days ago. <laughs> yeah, so this this is like a because I'm I'm with you like like the shaming any kind of shaming, you know what I mean. We talked about it before. I think the last time I was on, no kink shaming either. We don't do that either. Somebody got, you know. But you know, it's there there. You know, if if she's if they if the shop feels like she's gonna t- she's too big for the chair to break the chair, that's not really. I don't think that's really a sh- a fat shaming incident. It's just a. You know they're you know they're they're relatively objectively this chair kind of like the this your Six Flags example, but I'm also going to say this about it, and this is you know might come across as shaming somewhat. So I'm apologies apologies in advance, but you can't be the person, you cannot be the person who is in this story, and try to put this nail salon on glass, and then be on the internet. In the photos, looking like you too big for the damn chair, because <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't even for so on point saying three twenty three twenty five. I don't even you don't even look three twenty five. He so does that's like it. A, he does not look like he weighs that. So, so this chick on the on the nail salon story, she looked three twenty five. So, like <laughs> every single bit of it. I mean, it's it's not. She does not have the the. It, you know, it's 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 not very not very helpful for you know somebody when you're trying to advocate for something when it's like Rad said it's like, but really though, but are you too big for it though? So. Because if you are, it's like okay, this it's unfortunate. Like okay, you know, I'm sorry you couldn't get the pedicure and that, and it is unfortunate. And I can get how your feelings might be hurt by that. But let's not act like we don't understand from a business standpoint. Like I said, your thirty-five dollars for your full set is not gonna pay for the chair if you break it. It's not. Yep. They're gonna have to buy think, a whole the fucking chair. 
And I think the airline industry is where we see that the most cutthroat. The airline industry overtly says, we ain't paying for a ticket for you and your fucking cholesterol. You got to pay for that extra ticket your fucking self. We ain't finna lose the money of two seats that somebody could have because your ass be eating fucking bonbons and ice cream every night. You know what I'm saying? We ain't paying for that shit. And I don't see why motherfuckers be so surprised when that shit happened in other places. Okay? Damn. I don't know. Uh, I was intending to do it last week because it was actually my thing for last week. But I was like, let me let me talk about this. Just because, like I said, I'm an advocate, you know, for most things. I don't believe in shaming of any kind. But, like, sometimes it's not shaming if it's true. Like, if you don't fit in the chair, then you can't get upset and say they were fat shaming me in the salon. Like, no, you couldn't fit in the chair. So that's it's a different thing. I think those. You know those those little nuances matter. <laughs> we need to need to make sure that we we apply and, and realizing that. Was Colin still there? I think so. Yeah, his video. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because when his video went away, I saw the white around, so I saw the mic still working. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm still here. But yeah, so she should have just let it go. Sometimes you just have to just let stuff go and just, you know, accept it what it is. <laughs> Everything ain't meant for everybody. <laughs> uh, a kid in New York got stabbed uh, to death in New York. Jeez. I mean... <laughs> and 50 teenagers watched him recording videos of him dying while he was dying. Who the fuck was stabbing him? He got they got into a uh, a fight with somebody, and then I guess they got another fight, and the person stabbed him, and then the person who stabbed him ran away. That's what people, that's what you do when you stab somebody. You run. You're supposed to do that. Yeah, and to. Uh, yeah, you should. I mean, if you don't, you're stupid. But uh, is he that died bystander a, effect? Huh? The bystander effect. It is the bystander effect. But my problem with it is that people are coming out like this shit is new. People no. are coming out like, like motherfuckers want watching niggas get lynched in the, off a tree in the goddamn 40s. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers didn't have public hangings and shit back in the day. Like what point in time did shit get so much better that we weren't willing to watch? It's just right now the accountability is so high for if you do some shit that I think we got less of that than it used to be. Motherfuckers used to get their goddamn heads cut off by guillotine in the town square. Motherfuckers used to get hung. And people are seeing this and being like, oh my God, what is this world coming to? 50 kids watch this kid die in recorded videos. Nigga, if they had fucking Snapchat back in the 40s, it would be a whole bunch of niggas on the goddamn Snapchat getting hung. <laughs> kids and adults and all kinds of shit. Our I mean, society ain't as different as motherfuckers are acting like it is. It's just that social media has allowed us to experience our bullshit in bulk. That's what it is. <laughs> social media is the fucking Costco of bullshit. That's what it is. And motherfuckers think that the world different now because we can see all that shit at one time. No. It's the same bullshit we've been doing. It's just a lot more exposed. Like, it's a lot more accountability that gotta be taken. But all this shit been happening, man. I don't know what people are have convinced themselves that we live in a better time. Nigga, ain't nothing better about now except shit is more convenient. 
That's the it. The bystander effect has always been a thing. I mean, Hitty Genevieve. Huh? Hitty Genevieve. Yes. Now hers, it was a little. Yeah, that was a the actual story of that was a little bit more um like exaggerated, but yeah, she's the that's the most ex, uh a famous example of bystander effect. And basically, what the bystander effect is is just that if something is going on and something is happening, um, people assume that somebody else like they gonna do it. They got it. They gonna you know what I'm saying? And so then they don't call. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it just uh, people. People say the same thing about uh, about anything. It's like there's this meme that goes around every once in a while, and it's like, you know, the, the problem. The problem is that nowadays people are all on their phone, and that's why we got people cheating and nobody staying home because they got <laughs> options on their phone and. Everybody's swiping and blah blah. Man, listen, hell, hell yeah! All these old heads—that's what the whole thing about Papa was a Rolling Stone comes from. It didn't change anything. It's just that now, you know, people because people are are loose with it, you get caught on social media or on (laughs) whatever it is. Like whereas back before, you know, your granddad or your granddad's dad or whoever it was had a little black book that he kept in the in the glove box or you know. (laughs) Or whatever they had homegirls' phone numbers in it from across town and stuff like, you know, it's different. You know what I mean? But that's you know, but people haven't changed. Society hasn't changed. It's just like our point says, it's just bullshit in bulk. That's all. So yep. it's like now we got the Costco where you get all the bullshit wholesale, all in one location. So, but you know, you don't have to worry about it, or, or you don't have to read National Enquirer or Star Magazine off the off the, the damn rack at the grocery store to see what kind of bullshit is going on in the world. You just get the bullshit right on your Facebook feed. That's it made, all it is. Over and over. It made me think about it's that like meme. the nail salon. The yeah. nail salon story. Why the hell is that a story? <laughs> so that's what that's what we talk about. That's the kind of stuff that you wouldn't have heard about it twenty five years ago when there was no Facebook. Now because there's Facebook, everybody's on it. And then people leaving people leaving racist ass comments on the bottom and stuff. I mean, come on now. Yeah, the only people who would have known about that shit like in the 80s was going to be just the fat person in the shop and whoever was with them. <laughs> like, it ain't many ways you could send that out. Like, and then you're going to get tired of calling motherfuckers on the landline, calling everybody to say, look, girl, don't go there to this shop. Like, it's, it's different now. Everybody can know about this shit and it can fuck your life up. But this conversation reminded me of that meme. I think you mentioned it earlier with the girl where she looking down at the Instagram and then looking up at him. And it said, uh, when you showing, when you showing, um, when you showing your girl an Instagram video, a pizza hut text you and say, I miss you. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, see, it used to be no record. Like, you used to be able to, you know, you used to be able to go into the back room. The only the only way you used to get caught doing bullshit is if you, if somebody pick up that phone while you're doing bullshit. Right? You know what I'm saying? If somebody in the other room pick up the yep. phone while you're on it, 
and they pick it up quiet enough, they can listen to all your shit, and you wouldn't even know it. That shit going away with cell phones. You can't do that shit. But with cell phones, man, you got a record of everything. You got a, a call log. You got text messages. They can send you text messages randomly whenever, no matter what you in important. Even if you delete your call logs and shit off of your phone, if your girlfriend and you share that account, she can go look up your fucking whole account. From the, the she can call T Mobile and be like, Hey, let me get a print out of our account, okay? Or furthermore, she can just log into the T Mobile website and go look up that. Shit. Who the fuck like, I know that bitch, this? this don't mean in your phone, but it's on this goddamn piece of paper, ain't it? Uh huh. See, shit done changed now, but it ain't no <laughs> shit done changed in how we can access information. But the shit we access and ain't different worth a goddamn mm-hmm. at all. I, I see what where we are with time, but I really wanted to like talk about Takashi Six Nine. Did y'all have y'all heard? Time because we at on the recording we had an hour and forty seven minutes, and we got to subtract twelve from that because we started at twelve minutes. So um, we probably got about twenty five minutes. Okay. And I only I have one more. One more. I only have one more. Okay. Well, yeah, let's talk about. Let's, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to hear. Because so, when I <laughs> Please, please proceed. <laughs> oh, you cut out. What'd you say? Oh, I said any anytime. Uh, I I said I got only got one more story. It's about the dreadlocks and that football team. Just kind of kind of talk about that a little bit. But I want to hear what you have to say about Takashi Six Nine because anytime I hear his name, I want to say like you do with Brock Turner. Like get the fuck out of here. I can't stand this kid. <laughs> just like just put him in jail. Let's call. It. Let's get it. Let's get it done. So. I don't know why it, people are acting like they're surprised that Takashi Six Nine is out here singing like a bluebird to save his own ass. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really understanding where this idea that he was gonna be this no snitching kind of like. Where did y'all get this from? Y'all surprised that he he telling everything. If you've heard any of the audio from this, and I don't know who releasing the audio. I don't even know if this is like. If we should be getting audio that we're getting from his his testimony, but he's telling everything. Names, dates, places, nicknames. Like he being specific <laughs> as fuck. And all of these people that's like no snitching and all of this shit. First of all, I don't believe that everybody who's saying that would actually be like no snitching if it was them. If it was your ass on the chopping block and they were like, either you tell us or we're gonna lock you up forever. I just don't feel like as many of these people that's acting tough will be like, oh, yeah, I, I ain't got nothing to say. I, no, I think nothing. it, I mean, so as for the as for the common lad, the regular individual, <laughs> uh, First 48 tells us all we need to know about regular motherfuckers <laughs> out here, okay? They definitely singing like motherfucking, they singing like the cage bird that Maya Angelou was talking about. Uh, and, but them OGs, them real Gs, I don't think they ain't snitching. But the reason that they ain't snitching is because they live by the code. And a part of the, the dialogue about Takashi 69 is that, okay, you weren't a gangster, but you adopted the perks and the benefits that participating in gang culture allowed you. And what the gang culture expects from you by accepting that is that you're going to keep their activity under wraps. That's how that shit works. Me, I don't think a gang expect me not to snitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they might beat my ass 
<laughs> murder me, kill my family because of getting them some consequences or keep them out of consequences. But I don't think they expect me to because I never, I never signed the blood oath to to keep that shit from happening. But this see, was like he did. He signed that shit. But this is what happened. This is what happened when you got them give somebody a like. This is what happened when you let white folks say nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At some point, yeah. they're going to stand in front of somebody that's going to get them they fucking ass handed to them, and then they're going to take all their hood shit off, put their Abercrombie fish back on, start watching soccer, and <laughs> and smoking meth. That's the only way that ends. They yeah. leave that black phone. Yeah, the end with bad Jesus. That white person, that, that's what happened with that white person. I never, everybody that said they had a little bad boy phase, they little gangster phase, I never had that because I've never been a ride or die, okay? I ain't never been there. I will snitch so, like, especially if I ain't had shit to do with it, if you think I'm finna spend some time in jail because you out here doing fuck shit and they came to me and now because I'm with you, I'm supposed to do time because you doing stupid shit, you crazy as fuck, okay? I am not a ride or die. I don't date dope boys. Because I know me. I'm going to snitch. Okay? It's going to happen. Because I'm not going to jail. <laughs> I don't think I would do very well. I got too much mouth. I'm not trying to do that. I don't want to go to a women's prison. It doesn't sound like fun. So but I'm I snitching. I don't like what this is doing for the culture as it pertains to that, though. Because I don't like... See, not, not snitching in the midst of gang shit is one thing. But, like, a lot of the kids I work with, they got this, like, little side version of not snitching. Which when you're not in when you're not enshrouded in gang culture, not being willing to talk about uh gang shit is just a psychological game that the, the niggas getting away with shit done played on the culture. And so we got a whole bunch of kids over here that that believe that it's some sense of loyalty to something that they ain't even connected to to not snitch. But I don't like what this is. This is going to do some real fucked up shit to the culture. Like, if your kids didn't tell on other kids now, this shit really ain't finna happen now. Because yeah. Takashi 69 done got ridiculed into oblivion from telling so much. And, like, just imagine. Takashi 69 going to be the new word for snitch. Yo, 69 <laughs> looking ass. So, yo, Takashi look. This nigga Takashi out here. That's what that shit's going to do. It is. And it's going to make oh. it harder for kids who... Who would involve the adults and authority figures to, to resolve problems to either try to resolve them themselves, which is gonna turn into their own fuckery, or to continue deal with shit because they scared of the consequences of, of talking versus the consequences of whatever it is that they into. I mean, it was like that I listened to the recording when they uh, kidnapped him. Because <laughs> apparently he got kidnapped at some point. And he is not anywhere near the kind of person that was living the kind of lifestyle that he was trying to put out here for folks. You know what I'm saying? Like, at all. Because he was like, what you want? What am, I give you the money that you want. Like, he, he not that dude. He was never that dude. But I don't know who thought he was. Like, who was really surprised that this is Apparently them Trey Wade, them Trey Nine Bloods. Mm -hmm. Apparently they, they did. Listen, you know they he, made a miscalculation. You know Takashi 6 9 origin story. Mm-mm. Takashi 69 fucking origin story is that some producer was at a grocery store or wherever he was working and asked him, did he rap? He said, no, I don't rap. He said, well, you look cool. You look like you rap. You should rap. We should do something together. 
That producer got with him, helped him figure out how to make raps happen. They made raps happen, and Takashi Six Nine now fucking exists. A multi-millionaire little fucking kid that done got some of these people in Trey way rich, and but with none of the shit. Like he, like to be honest, the producer as a game member just might have been looking for somebody that wasn't Takashi Six Nine that they could come up off of, figured out a way to come up off of it, and now they dealing with the shit because this is their problem more than it is his now. He telling on oh, everybody. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, niggas yeah. they made the bad decision. <laughs> like, they might kill the producer nigga that found them now because of this shit. <laughs> you got our gang exposed. Then a video, then an audio of Jim Jones coming out. That's what, so all of the people that he's naming are not people that he came up with on his own. These are mm-hmm. people that the cops already had questions about being affiliated with that same gang. And so mm-hmm. they brought the names of these people up and but they showed they gave the audio of Takashi talking about him, making it sound like he just bringing this shit up. They already had an audio recording of Jim Jones talking to some dude from the gang about violating six uh, nine, and and apparently there's a difference between violating somebody and super violating somebody because these different dialogues are going. But apparently he had done something wrong, and it was supposed to be a measure to embarrass him or teach him a lesson. But they already had these audio recordings about shit when Jim Jones' name got brought up, and uh, Takashi just verified it. Um, but it don't really matter how that shit came about. It is what it is. Nigga shouldn't have got himself put in this position. This ain't even a know when to hold them and know when to fold them situation. Like if a gang <laughs> come up to me and be like, "Hey, we can make millions with your counseling business," I'm gonna be like, "No, we can't. No, we can't. We can't do that. We can't do that. I'm sorry." Go find somebody else. I understand where you at, but we can't do this. I know money be sounding good at the beginning of the shit. Like money sound good anytime you bring up money. We gonna make money together. We gonna make money together. It sound good, but man, everything ain't worth the cost that you that incur for participating. No, no, I don't no. know gang shit. That don't sound good to me. Maybe he tricked him. Maybe he was like, "Hey, man, no, it's just cool. We just gonna go down to the studio when you get there and just everything red, and you'd be like, oh, wait a minute.'" <laughs> Like if somebody said I got like if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, I got a decent space, it'll be good for counseling, you know what I'm saying? You can come down and let's and I I'll be like, damn, that do sound like a good opportunity. And I went down in that bitch and it was like AR fifteens on the walls and <laughs> goddamn mini oozes and choppers everywhere and fucking everybody had a red rag sticking out their shit. Like yeah. I don't even know how you get out of that situation. They were like, it's not they like this ain't a counseling spot, this is a bouncing spot. You heard me? <laughs> <laughs> bouncing in here. <laughs> like, I'm about to die. I'm trying to get out of here. Like, oh, oh no, no. This is, I, I'm sorry, like, y'all. I, I don't approve of y'all's lifestyle. <laughs> I'm gonna get murdered. I'm gonna get my ass beat at minimum. I'm gonna get sit back bloody with some brain damage. I'm not surprised that he's doing what he's doing. I mean, I expect that from him. I don't know why everybody it is should. even. I mean, you it, would do it too. Yes, I, that's again. This is why I, I've never been involved in no gang shit, doing illegal shit. Ain't no, because I don't want to go to prison. I don't think I would do well in there. So especially <laughs> if I know I ain't got nothing to do with it. If the police come to my door, and I tell, I tell on point, I tell Cole Jackson, the government, I tell all of them, don't do no illegal shit in front of me, bro. Don't do it. I promise you, I'm snitching. If they come, I'm not gonna go to the police on you. But if the police come to me. You fucked. Because everything I know. No, just, that's not how that I'm shit works. Saying. 
You you got to go to the police on them. Otherwise, you're going to get charged with that shit. That's what happened in First 48. If you know about it and you don't go to the police yourself and they got to come to you, your ass getting roasted. <laughs> you need to go to them first. I feel like I have to, I, it'll come across better if I, even if they do have to come to me, if I'm not like first saying I don't know nothing, then trying to change. As soon as they knock on my door, I'm going to be like, all right, okay, come on, have a seat. You got a recorder. <laughs> I mean, don't get, me wrong. To get it done. Don't get me wrong. There's some shit that I will get got on for real. You know what I'm saying? Like if a if a car pull up to me and be like, "Hey, I got a whole bunch of something valuable in the trunk, uh, and I'm selling them for the low, like colognes <laughs> or computers or anything, and it's an undercover. I'm getting the fuck going. I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail." I, I participate in that level of goon shit. If they be like, I got camera lenses for the low, bro, I'm going to be like, oh, for real? Shit, let's see. I am going to buy that shit. Hey, sir, you take cash out? I did. You be, you be good because as long as it's not something illegal, like they're selling, like, yo, like, as long as it's not like, yo, bro, I got the bricks of cocaine for the low. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. You'd be good. It's just, but them camera lenses might be hot. They might be straight up hot, like fresh out the back of a Best Buy truck that was held up at gunpoint like 20 minutes before that. So that's right. the only thing you got to worry about. Them things must be, they'd be on fire. They're so hot. I bought cologne out of a trunk before, man. He was selling at such good prices. I bought about seven of them. I gave five of them away for <laughs> gifts. So if you got cologne from me in the last seven years, then uh, it was hot, more than likely. <laughs> But I know it smells good too. So, you know, win for you, win for me. But you probably not listening to this podcast, so I feel comfortable in exposing myself in this moment. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm ready for him. To, and I don't know what he's going to do. He didn't tatted up his face. Like the other stuff he could get rid of. I guess he's going to want makeup his whole life because he's going to have to go on witness protection. That have to happen. Hell no. That motherfucker gonna have to go to another country. Gonna have to go to a whole another country and just live in a isolated little island. And the reason <laughs> that ain't nothing happening to him in jail because apparently he in a jail that's made for snitches, apparently. <laughs> yeah. He's in a jail where everybody else is like pending All witnesses of snitches. snitches. Yeah, they yeah. telling. They singing. So they end up making a whole new fucking singing group and shit about snitching. Singing about singing, <laughs> but uh, but but that's all I got. We can wrap it up with uh, the football story with you, Colin. You want to call you to have anything? Oh, you my bad. I ain't mean to cut you down like that. Oh, no, that no, we covered it. You know, he said it like you. He said, fuck him. He said that shit at the exactly. beginning. Fuck out of here with that bitch. <laughs> yeah, so and I, you know, I'm somebody who just to, to wrap it up on just like thoughts about what snitching is or what it means. I mean. Somebody like Red, if if you knew something and you, then you tell the police, I mean, people always say like that's not snitching. You know, snitching is not the the old lady or the grandma that lives on the block telling the police what she saw. The snitching is like what Takashi's doing, which is like, motherfucker, you were also committing the crime. You were there too. So why are you like, you know, that's when you snit. Now you now you want to tell about everybody else just so you can get it? like, nah, you ain't supposed to do that. If you can't, if you can't handle the, if you can't handle going to jail about it, you probably should shouldn't be out there committing crime, being gang affiliated in the first place. Just make your little sorry music and your SoundCloud music. You know what I mean? 
Also, let me add that I like one uh, Takashi Six Nine song. It's called Kuda. And the only reason is because I be listening to, I be watching these memes of these uh, YouTubers who be doing the comedy stuff, and they be putting songs in there that you can't really identify. You don't know who they are at that moment, but they just go with the video when it's funny and it fits, and you be like, "What song is this?" And that's how I found out I like a Takashi Six Nine song. And when I found out it was, I was upset with myself. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> I was mad at myself when I found out I liked the Post Malone song too. I was like, man. <laughs> It hurts. it hurts so bad. Yeah, I was like, I ain't supposed to be liking this. But, as far as I know, I don't like any of Katakashi Six Nine music, but it may be a situation where it's a song I like and don't know who the fuck sing it. But I don't think I know any of his music. Cooter yeah. does that sound? I feel like I would have remembered that. It's a uh, it's uh, the video I'm talking about is done by like I think some dormtainment guys is in it. Uh, Caleb City is in it. But they did a, a a bank robbery. Oh, it's a uh, King uh, King Vader. It was his video, because he be doing all kind of graphics in his videos. But it was a video about a bank being robbed, but the bank was protected by the Power Rangers, and so uh, the bank robbers pulled out guns, and this one dude stood up, and then they all morphed, and then they started blocking bullets, and then they whooped all their ass. But that song is what was playing in the background, and it was hype, and it was nostalgic, and I was like, I like this shit. I've seen the video like twenty times, you know, minimum. You know what I'm saying? So, like, at a certain point, shit like that grows on you, and you be like, yeah, what is this song? And then you be like, fucking Takashi, I did a good fucking job avoiding listening to this nigga shit. And these <laughs> fucking YouTube motherfuckers <laughs> fuck me up. Damn. But I like yep. it. But now <laughs> I don't like time. it. I don't like it no more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta unlike it. <laughs> but it's hard to unlike shit. Just like I said, I was telling some dudes that I got, um, I was telling some dudes that I got a shower playlist that I done had since I was like 12, uh, 13 years old. I've been singing in the shower and there's some R. Kelly songs on it. And I, I saw <laughs> their faces and I realized they misunderstood with it. And I told them, I said, I don't mean like on a fucking actual playlist that you listen to. I mean songs that I sing in the shower that's in my head that I revert to when I'm bathing. I sing these songs over and over. And there's some R. Kelly songs on that playlist that's hard to get out. Like you can't unlike and remove them shits from your like you can from your Spotify playlist when it's embedded in your fucking head. <laughs> I ain't realize how much how many times I make references to R. Kelly shit until this shit happened. I make a lot of references to R. Kelly shit and bring up some like when a woman's fed up, I say that shit more than anything when I see a mad woman. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, bro, when a woman's fed, I can't even say that shit no more and not think about I'm saying this fucking R. Kelly shit. Damn. He fucked it up, man. But he been fucking it up. Long yeah, well, yeah. What you got, well, Kyla? Yeah, just I mean, and we I know we've getting close to the time too but it's mostly just a, a comment that i wanted to save instead of writing about it about that that dreadlock situation which is um we talked you guys talked about it on the i think it was last week or the week before um about the boy who was forced to cut off his dreadlocks or something or or it was either that or it was a coach that was like i don't want people with dreadlocks on my team or something like that because it's not professional the only comment that I wanted to add is something that hopefully the people that are listening to this stuff and listen, football is a game where people put on armor plating and run around at full speed and try to run into each other. I don't know why in the hell anybody of these coaches out here are trying to purport 
that football is some sort of professional white collar office job. Like you need to have a, a shave and a haircut for like, or it's like the military. Like get the hell out of here, man. Like what it boils down to it is 11 dudes who are, are workout warriors who run around full speed into each other and give each other brain damage. Like why, why are we worried about whether a player's got dreadlocks or not, or tattoos or a beard or a weird haircut or like a man bun or whatever it is, who cares? So that's what that's the only comment that I really had about that. I just <laughs> that's a good would, ass point. <laughs> I just thought it would be better well, to know. talk about it on the podcast instead of just writing about it because like I had to deliver the I to, the delivery of how I say it is like <laughs> so. That's a that, good ass point. Good point, like that a mother, coach man. a little while ago. Like, I had to try to find this shit now. He got yeah the coach that uh, the coach at that wrestling match that forced the kid to cut his yeah. hair off. Well, he could see got suspended for two fucking years. He got suspended coach for two years. The referee. The coach from last week. There the was referee. a, a from the wrestling one. Yeah. Yeah, the wrestling one. The referee. The referee got suspended, got suspended here. Yeah. He should. Fuck out of here. He's suspended for two years. His name was Alan Maloney. He has been placed on a two-year suspension from his position as a wrestling referee after an investigation found him guilty of discriminating Andrew Johnson when he asked him to cut his locks before a match. Yep. Andrew Maloney. I'm surprised his name wasn't like Whitey McWhiterson or something. <laughs> no offense to the white people that might be listening to this. I love all people, but like that. I mean, come on. He's probably out there with that. Where? where what was it? It was. In, was it in like New Jersey or something like that too? Um. What was it? Philly. Philly. Yeah, he probably had that accent too, Maloney. He's like, come here, you're gonna if you're if you're gonna wrestle in this match, young man, you're gonna have to cut those, cut that hair. We're gonna cut it off, all right? <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. And the, the, my problem is like he I feel like he should be suspended indefinitely. I Forever. think he should yeah. be done. It yeah. ain't like that motherfucker gonna come back in two years and be like, I've learned a valuable lesson. That ain't fucking <laughs> how art villains are created. Arch villains are created when you take something away from them that they don't believe should be taken away from them, and then they're gonna come back and he's gonna be fucking super racist. He should be suspended as long as it takes that young man to grow his dreads back to the length that they were when he made him cut them off. Oh yeah, that'll be a good one. Because his ass would be suspended oh, for like yeah. six years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that man cut Wait, his goddamn hair out. This shit, shit was so stupid. Like, and I mean, it, again, oh, I. Oh, and and um, the other story is another one. The, the swimming thing in Alaska. Oh, yeah. She was not a black girl. She I'm, was not black? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw a video of it where she was interviewed. She's just a little white girl. <laughs> Damn. It was odd. They weren't showing no pictures of the shit. Yeah, I saw like a video like the mixed. local news. I saw nah, some pictures at some point. I, I think she, I think she's just a little I think she's just a little white girl. But either way, that story too. I wanted to comment on that too, since we're here. So what I think it was is it was there was somebody because I was talking to my dad about me and my dad were talking about it. She probably, like, you know, we always like another thing, phrase we use when we're playing games online is, like, when you beat somebody, they got, we, you know, we clapping cheeks online. That's what we say. So this is what happened. She's in the swim meet. She clapped the entire, the entire opponent's cheeks, basically. She probably smashed them in the, in the pool and then got up out the pool. And she's probably got, you know, for a, a young lady, a, a girl, probably a nice butt, right? And then some people in the stands who lost probably got mad and then they're complaining about it, like, Oh, she got her cheeks out. So 
you know, we need to get disqualified because that's how it is. Or what it was was like either some old men or old women who had looked at her and got some funny feelings, and then they decided <laughs> that they didn't like it, so they're gonna disqualify her because they want to. They, you know, how dare she have a butt that you know for some reason her cheeks are are visible in a swimsuit in a swimming pool for a swim meet. You know what I mean? And they were like, you know, they don't want to see it. It's like I said, it's probably some pedophiles hanging out up in there. They don't like, go to a swim meet. They're wearing they like, swimsuits. I can't be found out. So, <laughs> so, I don't want to get found out for my pedophilia, so let's get her disqualified. <laughs> Fuck out of here. What's so, looking at her, she's either white or she's Blake Griffin black. Yeah, like it's, yeah, or like, or Latina or something. Yeah, but it she is so white passing that I don't think white people would think she might be black. You know, that's the thing. You know, the, the, the black people that are like Blake Griffin that look black, we can tell that they probably black, but I don't think white people can at all. <laughs> so I don't think they would look at her and think that she might be black. <laughs> I think they would look at her and assume that she white because white people don't have a really good gauge of being able to tell. You know, it was a lot of black people that passed for white back in them days. <laughs> when was. being black was racist, like, you I mean, was fucked up. You couldn't be black. There's a lot of people that passed What's that shit. movie? Imitation of Life. Imitation of Life is a movie about that. She's a white passing girl. Her mom is black and she's ashamed of her mom. Mm-hmm. It's called Imitation of Life. But, yeah, I, you know, it's a swim meet with swimsuits and sometimes your ass eat a swimsuit if you get out of the water and everything is wet. It's not that deep. Like, it's really not. It's not disqualification deep. Like, seriously? It's ridiculous. That test says more about the people who wanted her to be disqualified than it does her. Like, you had a swim meet. The fuck you thought you was going to see? They wear swimsuits. And now I'm seeing another picture. That girl, she's black. That's a little black girl. You you must see the picture I see. She looked. The video that I saw, she must, she had straight hair. Her hair was straightened. So she didn't look on the video she didn't look like it but with those with the curly hair in this picture i'm looking at yeah yeah she, she looked, like blake griffin yeah she blake griffin black <laughs> <laughs> but you know but i mean i i don't i don't think it's as easy to call that shit black as okay i'm seeing the picture i think you're seeing yeah she definitely looked black right here yeah she's standing so, next to a white girl on this picture god damn yeah yeah she <laughs> She don't look. Yeah, she Blake Griffin. So that, so that, yeah, that one. That's the girl that I saw when I was, uh, when I was looking at it, the other girl. So that's why I thought that she wasn't black. Now that I see the actual one, yeah, she black as hell. Damn. Yeah, and the referee, the the actual quote was that the referee saw butt cheek touching butt cheek, as if, uh, why would you it butt cheek not be touching each other? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Who's are we really like separated all the time? That's well, what I'm saying. Think, look, <laughs> it go back. This goes to a Steve Harvey joke, where it's like butt cheek duck touching butt cheek with like a g string in the middle of it. It's like it's some appealing about that because you know it, that string is in there. You know it's in them cheeks, <laughs> and it brings more appeal to the butt cheeks touching. So I guess it would be the same situation. Like a wedgie would be like that. Uh, I guess from their perspective, might be sexualized. I don't know, man. A wedgie don't look appealing. It is sexualized because isn't it a modesty clause or whatever that she was supposed to have? Um, they have a violated? diagram. 
there's a diagram of like with lines drawn on a swimsuit in here that show this is ridiculous. Really? This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it says example of appropriate and inappropriate female suit coverage. Red dotted lines in parentheses oh, and it's got dotted my. lines on a diagram. This is different asses are gonna much. fit yeah. swimsuits differently. Like people if you have too much. <laughs> The way your ass is shaped has a lot to do with how your swimsuit fits. It could be the right size swimsuit and it fit differently because of how your ass is shaped. Yeah, and what does that what does that say about a culture of people that traditionally have, you know, more appealing and bigger cheeks? You know, to have the same suit as a little Taylor Swift ass white girls are swimming, <laughs> they're supposed to get a hundred percent pass because they they made the same way as cardboard. You know what I'm saying? I like hate- so fucking much. <laughs> y'all seen, have y'all seen them white girls where they be trying to twerk and it be all back and no ass? Nothing is moving. Like that shit look weird, man. But it does. They get a pass when they got a swimsuit on because it got a little room. They breathable for them, <laughs> and ain't no room for a girl that's got thicker, thicker attributes. <laughs> and parents is mad and they can't take it, but it is what it is. Because even like even like uniform positions, I've seen uh, female police officers with pants. The pants are the right size, but their ass is just it's the way their ass is shaped. Yeah. So it looks better, <laughs> even though they're uniform pants. That's just what it is. I see it too. You see the police officer, you're like, damn, the police officer thick as hell. But that's like not supposed to be like <laughs> police officers, like especially like NYPD. Every one time I saw the NYPD officer, I was like, damn, she fine. But it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be uniform pants. It's not supposed to be fitting like she's wearing a pair of fashion over jeans. Yeah. But because of the way that you be shaped sometimes, sometimes that's what happens. They're yeah. the right size, they're regulation, they're the same pants everybody else have on. It just looks different, and that's just what it is. Yeah. Yep. She's supposed yep. to wear oversized pants to make you feel better. Like the fuck? She's a police officer. Let the police. The fuck is you doing? Like that's on you. That's not on her. <laughs> So and be careful because if she is police, she might just like you know, go all of a sudden decide that you up to something to stop and frisk or take you in or t- like get shot, and get got by the cop because you were looking at her butt. You don't, don't want to frisk me, officer, not with them pants on. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have to add an extra charge to me. I'm telling you right now. Damn. Well, that's anyway. all I got. Yeah. You got anything else, Red? No, that was it. Hey, look, appreciate you for joining us, Colin. It's always a pleasure, whether it's a letter, so, uh, if you encapsulate your thoughts in a letter or if you do it on, on a video with us, man. I, I really and appreciate you joining The titles, Jesus. <laughs> oh, they're going to the keep coming until I run out of, until I, until I can, literally, until I run out of material. But <laughs> the material is always provided by y'all because you have a topic. And then I think of something to go with it, and then I send it in because 2019 <laughs> is the year of meat positivity. Meat motherfucking positivity. Then it's okay. Whatever you got, you can figure out a way to work it out. And if you got a micro penis, at least for now, get your hand game and your mouth game up. You can still get yep. with an O face, just not with the meat, okay? It's all right. Figure out how to help <laughs> her get there, man. Be positive with what you got, make what you got better. I've never talked about dicks as much as I have this year because of y'all. Thanks so much. Hopefully you come out of this. When you have a little boy, hopefully this I'm not, you no. shit. 
Now, for what? What is it that you think that this is going to help me do with my son? I well, or it'll, help you, it'll, personally. it'll help you in dating, too. How you know, you might be helping. Well, because you might, you know, you meet the person and then, you know, they hopefully they're not talking about getting fired from their job because they were touching people <laughs> or whatever. And then you get to the point where it's time to get down to the get down. And, you know, you'd be positive about the meat. You'd be like, you know, listen, it's all good. You got to be positive about what you got. Use what you got. Use the tools that you have in the tool shed. You know, at some I mean, point, look, at some point, Red, you're going to have to find out a way to find out what that man meat look like if he don't offer it to you early. Or you're going to have to prepare <laughs> yourself to be ready for a goddamn micro meat, okay? Well, it's like, many people, people send dick pics all the time. You, As a woman, you don't have to, like, wonder. You can find that out very easily. I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to be real suspicious of the dude who don't send none because I don't send no <laughs> dick pics. I don't want my dick recorded nowhere, period. Same. You know? And I'm comfortable with my meat size, but I don't want it recorded nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So if if you think because I don't send a dick pic that I got a micro penis sitting around somewhere, then that that's the wrong measure. You need to figure out if a dude don't. I'm saying if I'm saying if a dude don't send you something, at some point you gonna need to find out before y'all in an intimate moment, and you stroking on a fucking crayon. (laughs) <laughs> that's going to be disappointing for you is what I'm saying let's hope that doesn't happen and at I that point ask- ain't really no way out of it I mean you can bullshit you can be like oh I wasn't ready for this moment I didn't think it was going to get here like the bullshit women be saying when they really don't want to fool with the meat I know it's a whole fucking book full of shit y'all be saying to dudes when y'all don't yeah. want to but at that point, it's too late. You got to find out earlier than that. I mean, right now, I just need to get to a point where I can actually go on a date with the motherfucker. Let's start there. Let's start with yeah. somebody that won't tell me about his, you know, <laughs> fucking with women and <laughs> And putting shit. his thing in kids' booties. Okay. He didn't say that. <laughs> he might as well have. <laughs> well, he, he left the window was... open. He left the dialogue too open. He fucked I up. I mean, what the, hell else, what the hell else are you doing in an operating room with children? I mean, like, come on. I don't know. He said something inappropriate. Is the child unconscious? Like, or or did you take him to the operating room? Is somebody operating? I don't. I don't understand. So many questions. So many questions. He ain't smart enough to know that he should keep that to himself or be much more specific than he was. So, (laughs) fail for him. Yeah, that's that's done. That's a done deal. I haven't even talked. You know what? I think that day he realized because he don't. He sent me like a hey text message, and I never heard from him again because I didn't respond. And I think he was at home like shit. Didn't <laughs> see that shit. <laughs> I haven't heard from him since. So. This bitch ghosted. Oh, sir, you ghosted your fucking self. Okay. Yes. You did that. But anyway, appreciate you again, Colin. Um, yep. and uh, until we come to the next conversation we out Hello.